to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here. The discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I consider the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers are smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right. Exactly. www.darkdiscussions.com Wherever podcasts are found. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of our film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. And with me in the, ooh, the state of New York, not Michigan? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. Oddly, Eric's not here tonight. Unfortunately, he can't make it, but we'll talk about that in a moment. And I was have... tempted to say I was Eric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, in and the Commonwealth... If you asked how I was, I would have said people suck. There you go. Uh, and in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going, sir? It's going well. Excellent. And though we uh, don't have Eric, because Eric, unfortunately, just couldn't make it, it wasn't on the schedule tonight for various reasons, we do have a special guest tonight, and uh, that special guest from the state of California, why don't you introduce yourself, even though some folks may already know you from previous podcasts? Wow, that was uh, really well said, Phil. <laughs> I stumbled there. With a, yeah. Hi, I, I'm Dan Lynch. Uh, yes, and I, I, I'm presuming most of your listeners uh, are familiar with me. I'm a professional actor uh, working out of uh, Hollywood uh, here in the beautiful town of Los Angeles, North Hollywood specifically. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here once again. I've just so enjoyed uh, being with you guys on these podcasts. And and uh, before and I can try to pretend oh. like I'm Eric. Also, I can say people suck. Yeah. There you go. And, but to listeners know, uh, Dan Lynch is his, his stage name. His actual name is Sweaterman. <laughs> uh, no, no, vest. Isn't it vest man? So, uh, sw- no sweater. The sweater guy. Most sweater vest guy. Or, yeah, or the rich man. Uh, the I'm they're talking about a, a film I did uh, a while ago uh, called Circle, which is uh, out on a Netflix for anyone who wants to see it. It's uh, a lovely psychological sci fi thriller uh, that kind of deals with, uh, you know, people whose judgment uh, dis- determines whether or not they live or die. So it's a, it's a, an interesting film that I'm fortunate to be a part of. Right. right. And even though we don't see them. Pretty sure it has something to do with the grays. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it makes you feel better. Yes, it does. Anything with the grays is awesome. But um, yes, Dan is uh, 
in a, in a, been in a lot of uh, great films, including Circle. He's one of the stars in that. That's actually the, the film that uh, we first met you, Dan. And uh, um, you've done a couple other films that we've actually reviewed as well. And so we've had you on a couple of times to talk to you about those films. But since you're so well knowledgeable on genre films in general, uh, it's always good to have you uh, co-host every so often. And it seems like maybe once a quarter or once or twice every year anyway. Yeah, and, two, two or three times a year, I think, at this point. But, uh, you know, it's nice because uh, sometimes uh, I'll turn you guys on to something I've seen and sometimes you guys will turn me on to something you've seen. So it's always kind of a, a fun way to to get in-depth about some of the films, some of the genre yeah, films. Well, well and spe- speaking of that, um, uh, the, the last film that you suggested and we did an, a review on, and I forget what it was called, True something. Come True. Was, Come true that film that is actually one of our highest downloaded episodes. As a matter of fact, at yeah, least in the past you, you, 13 you, months. You had texted that to me. I, I thought that was pretty cool because it's it's such an interesting uh, film and it it's it you know and obviously a couple it, in upstate New York with the the child. It, that, uh, I don't remember. It, it was no, one about that. No, it was the one about the, the dream sequence. That's where, correct. Where, it's the one about the yeah. sleep study and the and the yeah. oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, okay, and that's that it. dealt with all the uh, Jungian. Uh, oh, stuff. that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah It's yeah, interesting yeah. because we we all have, we had such diverse opinions about it. It was fascinating. It was a great yeah. episode. Yeah, and, and also uh, since uh, last month, January, uh, which uh, just uh, has passed, the month of the year is going by quick. Um, has was the third largest downloaded month in the past 13 months uh, for the so, so so it appears we've gotten a lot of new listeners so hey, congratulations uh, great, yes yes so this is a great introduction for folks who aren't familiar with you dan and and one of the coolest things about dan this is some good trivia he babysitted helen hunt <laughs> that is true i can't believe you remember that 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 is oh that's the coolest that, thing i, I tell is, everybody that that is very very true uh she i, I definitely babysat her a couple times but unfortunately this gives one thing away that means dan is kind of old Ooh. 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 Oh. maybe he babysat her when she was 16 uh no i, I i'd love to her. lie and say yes but thank you for the cover yeah no no i was uh she was she was 12 13 well and dan how's retirement you actually just retired within the past year right well, define retirement. Yeah, I retired from the city attorney's office uh, about three years ago now, actually. Uh, and oh, it's been that long. Holy smokes, yeah. like I said, time is flying. Yeah, well, yeah, the COVID uh, had something to do with that, I think. Yeah, yes. <laughs> which, which oddly is, is topical for tonight, but we'll get into that in a little it, bit. It is indeed. It is indeed. Right. So uh, for folks who are new to the podcast and, and have just been introduced to the great Dan Lynch, uh, actor extraordinaire, uh, today is February 2nd, 2023. Uh, for folks that are curious, some of our listeners like Pam are always want to know when our episodes are recorded because sometimes they don't come out right away. Uh, actually, actually, there was a one film that we did with Dan uh, about vampires on an airplane that was from Germany, and that episode didn't even come out for like four months until until it was after it was recorded. I mean, but this one should be out actually tomorrow, which is well, not tomorrow. It'll be next week because uh, we already have an episode scheduled for tomorrow. So this one's coming out pretty quick. Uh, also, uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, besides 
uh, the date that this is being recorded, uh, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. That's the website for the podcast, but also for a number of other podcasts that all your co-hosts that you hear on this podcast tonight actually do. We also have uh, a few other podcasts for from a few other of our friends uh, that you may all know from social media. And we also do have a few other things, such as a email, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or you can just go to www.darkdiscussions.com and press the Contact Us link uh, on any menu on any page, and that will open up an email box as well, and you can email us that way too. If you do email us, we will read your email on the podcast because we always uh, like to hear feedback, your opinions, uh, reviews that you want to give us about a film or, or let us know about a film. We'll read it all on the podcast if you email us. Also, we do have a Patreon button where you can go to uh, Patreon. Uh, if you don't want to press the button, you can actually go to patreon.com backslash dark discussions and you can actually donate to the podcast because uh, this podcast is completely free. We, we run in the red. We don't have any sponsors intentionally. We're we just trying to uh, give uh, entertainment to anybody who uh, likes genre films. Uh, we try not to be, I guess, tainted by uh, big tech, big media, big companies or anything like that. So if you want to donate to us, you can. And we do give back in a certain way when we get to it. What we do is for every $5 that you donate, you get a chance to have us review a film of your choice. So, for example, if you donate $15 in one month, you would have three chances, and you could choose three different films, such as Friday the 13th, Scream, or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or you could just choose Texas Chainsaw Massacre three times, and either way, those go into a spreadsheet where we then, every quarter, at the end of every quarter, we randomly pick from the spreadsheet based off of a computer-generated number the movie that will be uh, picked as a topic for this podcast here, Dark Discussions. Uh, we did just picked one earlier in January, and that film happened to be a Denzel Washington film, and I forget the name of it. Mike, do you remember what it was called? It was some Fallen. film I never heard of. Fallen. Fallen, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Very so we're good gonna be movie. So we're going to be doing Fallen in, in sometime probably in the next few months. So we'll look out for that one, among a few others. Uh, and once again, any money that you donate to us is greatly appreciated because, again, we do this all for fun, though we do have expenses such as having uh, companies host the website and all the podcasts. And we have over 560 three of this podcast never mind all the side podcasts as well so there's a lot of uh hours of uh listening if you so i wanted to say entertainment but you may hate us so <laughs> i don't want to say that but if you do like us there's a hell of a lot of entertainment for you to hear so yes all right so that's pretty much uh the house cleaning and it's good to have dan here so we do have a uh episode tonight and uh let's go with you uh mike what is the episode what are we going to discuss tonight uh, well, we're going to be watching the new Peacock film, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, just make sure it's good because I keep getting Peacock. Peacock and, uh, and Paramount. There's yeah, so Paramount many mixed up. <laughs> uh, so the new Peacock film, horror film, 20, came out in January of 2023, written by Kevin Williamson uh, and directed by, uh, God, what am I blanking his name? John Hyams. John Hyams, uh, called Sick. Take your mask. This isn't a vacation, it's a quarantine. A quarantine in style. 
Are you kidding me? This is incredible. Thick, and it's all ours. The only neighbor is miles away. I thought you were spending quarantine alone. What are you doing here? I wanted to see you, and quarantine can be fun. Mary, jump in, water's fine. Who is this? I don't know. That's creepy, Parker. First off, I want to say that's embarrassing that Mike didn't remember the director's name, but we we got a few things here. Yes, John Hyams. Uh, John Hyams is a director that has done a lot of great things, including uh, the showrunner for at least two major series, including one that's uh, still uh, rocking and rolling right now. And uh, those TV series that people may know, uh, the first one is Z Nation, but uh, Black Summer, he's the showrunner of Black Summer. He wrote, wrote created... Uh, uh, directed uh, many of the episodes for that, and he is one of the main forces behind Black Summer. He's also done a few other films, including Alone, uh, which was an episode, actually, of Dark Discussions uh, about three years ago, uh, and uh, that was a pretty good episode. And uh, as uh, Mike did mention, uh, the movie is di- uh, not directed, but written by Kevin Williamson, uh, who some people may just know a little bit. Uh, it was actually co-written by Ke- uh, Kevin Williamson and someone named Caitlin Crabb. But uh, Kevin Williamson is probably known for one of f- my favorite horror films, probably the, my second favorite horror film after Alien. Uh, he wrote Scream. He also wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, among many, many other A great uh, horror films. writer. He's fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's weird. I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, in that he's one of the only people I know of in Hollywood who, like, it's been what twenty five years since Scream. Uh, yeah. years since Scream was nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety. So we're we're twenty five thirty years since we passed that. So seven years, approaching right? thirty. Yeah. Um, but he's got to be one of the only guys that I know of where they put his name, like they'll say, you know movie by the new mill movie by kevin williamson because he's a writer for a film he wrote 25 years ago you know yeah. you, i never i don't remember seeing advertisements for the latest film by buck henry um <laughs> there are a few right 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 uh david mamet you know is, is one but there's not a lot of people where it's like we you know you care about who wrote this movie because most people think the actors make shit up when they get on the stage or they care about the director, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Dan's here. He can give us the... I almost the, don't the just care about the actor. They don't care about the, the director. They don't care about the writer. 
But yeah. no, I mean, I've literally had people like like they didn't realize that words were written for the actors before they they said them. Unless you're doing, you know, like a Christopher Guest film. But, one, of the, um, one of the things that that that, that as an actor uh, uh, that I've always hung very true to, and and I believe it in, in all my heart and soul, is that it there is nothing without the written word, without without somebody writing really good lines and a really good story uh, that, that you just don't have a good product. You can have all the best actors in the world. You can have the best director and the best DP, but it all starts with an incredible script. And, and uh, the, I don't think enough uh, honor is given to people who write uh, amazing scripts as an actor. And, and I do, and I do want to point out to the, any listeners. Yes. I know he did like Dawson's Creek and produced a lot of things, but <laughs> You know, people care even less about the producers usually uh, in modern day than they do about the directors and writers. He actually but, produced uh, this film, but as a matter of fact. Yes, well, because at this point, producing Mr. Alec Baldwin often can be just as much an honor- honorarium. You throw at somebody to give him a bigger piece of the pie down the road, but um, it's really still it's it, it, he's still really very much riding on that um, that scream train, right? That's still probably the thing he's not best known for. Mm. Um, or at least maybe. It's, oh yeah, it, it's it's like in the horror circles, yeah. It, like Paul Schrader, one of the, my favorite uh, screenwriter of all time, uh, who wrote Taxi Driver. Uh, he actually says, in no matter all the other great stuff that he's done, including Raging Bull and all this other stuff, he says that when I die, my obituary will say the guy that wrote Taxi Driver. Yeah. yeah. Right. So no matter what he does after, everybody's going to still say the guy that wrote Taxi Driver. And same with Kevin Williamson. No matter what he does, everybody's going to say the guy that did Scream, right? Or wrote if, Scream. If only to have one thing that you're best known for. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not so, a lot. So painful. <laughs> right. I mean, everyone, like, yeah, William Shatner had TJ Hooker, but when he dies, it'll be Captain Kirk. Um, yeah, right. exactly. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only ones where well, there's not a lot where you question. Like, I know. Um, Harrison Ford might be Han Solo or Indiana Jones. Uh, Keanu Reeves might be Ted or Neo or John or Wick. John Wick, right? Yeah. So, but yeah. for the most part, yeah, it, he's gonna he's gonna be taxi driver guy. Right, and this guy Kevin Williamson is gonna be a scream guy. So, right. anyway, uh, for but he wrote an amazing script in Sick. Yes, I know we're going to be getting into that in a little bit. So, uh, because we'll do a round robin of our opinion on the film, and then uh, we're going to be talking a lot about it in a moment. So, uh, a couple other things about this film before we do give our round robin opinions. Uh, the cast. The cast is a bunch of people I have no idea. Maybe they're popular for TV actors or something. I have no idea because I don't watch TV much. But uh, though I did watch Black Summer, um, this this film stars a uh, Gideon or Gideon Adlin. Uh, as the lead actress, uh, then Beth Millian, and then uh, Dylan Sprayberry, which would be, I believe, the what we would call um, uh, the the uh, protagonist. Uh, and then we do have a few other folks that are uh, in the film as well, uh, including um, let me see here, Mark Menchaca, who actually was the star of Alone and one of the actors in Ozark. Uh, and then a few other folks, and uh, I don't know many of them, but uh, uh, it is what it is. Oddly, it's a very small cast, which is kind of surprising for this type of film. Um, the film came out on uh, September 11th last year uh, at TIFF, 
but but for our purposes, it was released everywhere in the United States on January 13th, 2023. So this is considered a uh, 2023 for our purposes. And it is our second film uh, reviewed in 2023 after uh, the theatrical release, also by Blumhouse, uh, entitled Megan. Uh, this film here is sick. Uh, Blumhouse Productions, uh, oddly, uh, it does have the name of uh, Merrimax on it as well, which uh, made me um, roll my eyes for a moment. But, uh, you, you know, you take your money wherever you can to get your film out. Peacock uh, got the rights to it, and uh, Blumhouse uh, gave them uh, the rights to watch the film. So folks like such as uh, Sean Fox, who is sometime co-host of our other podcast, actually uh, can't see this film, at least at the moment, because he lives in Canada and they do not have Peacock. So uh, I'm sorry for you folks who are not in the States. Uh, you'll have to wait a little bit. Or move. Uh, a number of people are going to lose Peacock because they're turning off their free service. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I actually pay for mine because that's the only way you can get all nine seasons of, of The Office. You only get the the first three seasons if you have the free service. Yeah, I pay for um, mine too. Yeah, but but yeah, that's 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 kind of sucks. Yeah, you're gonna they're they're gonna lose some people. But hey, you got to do what you do. Um, and you know, me and Mike have t and Barrett have talked about the issues of too many streaming services um, in the past. And so we won't get into that tonight. Uh, this film is getting 87% uh, good reviews, uh, which is actually pretty damn good for a horror film. Uh, it doesn't surprise me based off of uh, uh, the people behind the films, such as uh, Hyams and Williamson. Uh, and uh, basically the website's consensus, which is Rotten Tomatoes, says, smart, self-aware, and all too timely, this slasher co-written by Kevin Williamson is sick in all the best ways. <laughs> um, and uh, there you go. It is a slasher, and that's not surprising because that's what Kevin Williamson is known for besides teen dramas on TV. So let's get into our, our opinions on this film and how we heard about it. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll start. Um, I actually heard about this film because we actually interviewed John Hyams a, a, a twice uh, at, at least on this podcast uh, when he uh, came on to talk about the film alone. And uh, then we uh, had him on to talk about Black Summer. Um, oddly, um, when we approached him, uh, we thought alone, which it was, a, a small independent film. Uh, we approached him and asked him if he would want to come on because we always like try to promote really good films and, and really good filmmakers of small films. And at the time, he said yes. And then the day of, we all found out that, hold it, this isn't just a small film. It is, but the guy that that directed it is actually the showrunner of Black Summer, which is one of the biggest shows on Netflix. So uh, that was surprising for us. Uh, and then uh, we had him on uh, a month or so later to talk about Black Summer 2, season two. And uh, during that review, or, or interview, I should say, uh, he mentioned he was doing this film, Sick, uh, written by Kevin Williamson, and it was going to come out on 2023. And sure enough, uh, we asked him, hey, when it comes out, would you want to come on the podcast? We could talk to you about it. And he goes, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And uh, sure enough, the film sh uh, popped up. And this is going to be the first episode of two episodes uh, related to this film. The first episode is tonight, which is we're going to talk about the film. And then the second episode, which will be 
tonight's episode will be, I believe, 565, and then episode 566 will be the interview. Uh, so uh, people can check that out as well. So uh, Mr. Himes is uh, uh, good enough to come on again and talk about this film with us later. Now, um, uh, my opinion on the film, um, I will first say you can tell this is a, a Kevin Williamson film. It has the exact same vibe of uh, young teenager type characters. In other words, it's it's, it's my type of film. That my, I like that stuff. And um, it's a really good slasher film. I mean, this is really good film. Um, the the none of the characters really bother me. They they were well developed. They were okay. They, they all are flawed, no doubt. But they're generally. Um, uh, characters I liked, similar to in other Kevin Williamson films. Uh, the the big twist was awesome. I was like, no way, that's a great twist. Uh, and we'll get into all that when we get to the spoiler section of the podcast. Um, so this this is going to be one, unless something weird happens, uh, well, it's definitely going to be a top 20 film for me by the end of the year, because uh, I just love these type of films. Uh, but this this is a good chance this could be a top five. Uh, that's how much I like this film. I love this film. Uh, it is. It reminds me so much of Kevin Williams's other great work, and to have uh, Hyams coincidentally uh, direct a Williamson film um, makes it even better. This is, this is a great film. Uh, high recommend. And the only thing I have to say about it that's negative is it's a shame this was not released directly to theaters because this, this film is as good as Blumhouse's prior film released at theaters this year, Megan. So uh, big thumbs up for me. Uh, let's go with you, Dan. What do you got? Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, I, I heard about it because uh, you wrote me about it, uh, Phil. You, you texted me and said, hey, have you seen this film? Sick uh, with my Hyams and, and Williamson. And I, I hadn't seen it, but I had noticed it. And I thought... That and, and uh, another film that you guys, uh, I think, have talked about was The Menu. Uh, I, those were both on my list of like, oh, those look like interesting films to see. So uh, having talked to you, you said you were going to do an episode on Sick. I watched it that same day, and I just really liked it. It is, And I think we've talked about this before. Honestly, slasher films, not my favorite genre. Uh, of all the genres that, I, that, that I'm really into in horror, that's probably – lowest on the list, which doesn't mean I don't like them. I've, I've enjoyed several of them. I certainly enjoyed Scream. Uh, uh, certainly enjoyed the initial uh, Halloween and maybe one or two of the others. Uh, was never much of a fan for the Jason films. But uh, uh, I saw this and I absolutely loved it. I loved the take on it. Uh, I loved the twists in it. Uh, um, it's just a, it's just a, a well-written and a well-directed uh, film. There, there's some shots in the film. I don't know whether it's Mr. Hyams or his DP or, t- or together. There are some that are just absolutely outlandish. So, yes, uh, high recommend for this. All right. Sounds good. What do you got, Barrett? All right. So it's really funny. Last night I went to see a movie called Fear, which was in the theater, which is not nearly as good as this film, which is not. <laughs> Um, this film I really, really liked. Um, I've been looking forward to whatever John Hyams puts out next since we talked to him about Black Summer. Um, so I was pretty excited about this. I really enjoyed it. Uh, there's one little piece that bothers me, but it's typical of these types of movies, so it doesn't bother me that much. Um, but all in all, it's just a great film. It's a fun slasher, and uh, it's pretty smartly written in most most respects. All right, sounds good. Uh, Mike, what do you got? 
Yeah, I think this is it is a slasher, and in fact, I'll I'll just argue it's kind of an old school slasher because really before Friday the Thirteenth went nuts, um, more specifically the the sequels went nuts. You know, slashers were actually weirdly enough mystery films a lot of the times, with the, probably the exception of Halloween, um, in that there's a masked killer going around and you're waiting for the big Scooby Doo moment at the end where they unmask the killer to find out who it really is. Was it was often a, a common trope in that. Um, prom night being like a good example. Yeah, and that's this exactly is kind what I was that, thinking. <laughs> and and Scream was very much this, you know, the same thing. And so there's uh it gets got that same vibe. It's not the you know, supernatural, immortal, uh, unkillable killer flasher, you know, with, with increasingly gratuitous kills. Um, and, and, and I think that's why I liked this uh, rather than the type of uh, slasher film you're, you're talking about now, Michael. I think that's that's where my preferences are, is ones where, where you've got that that mystery aspect of who is it, who done it, who's doing it. And why? Yeah, and this one does a really good job of that. <laughs> So and I and I liked it uh, quite a bit. Um, we like so we've talked about uh, John Hyams a number of times in the uh, show, and one of the things I really like is the way he handles action, and that he it's very grounded. I didn't find it overly sensational. I didn't find it overly stylized. And those are certainly you know I like a good stylized you know fight you know uh, a John Wick type of thing or a Bullet Train a more recent one, but I also like it when it feels just like people just getting down in the mud on uh, and, and just fighting for their life, doing whatever they can. And that's really more the sense I got here. Uh, so I appreciated that quite a bit. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. If you, if you're a person who cannot laugh at the pandemic, um, which, you know, depending on how you view it is, you know, how far in the rear view mirror it is, but the, the worst days of it are in the rear view mirror uh, and the behavior of it and the behavior of the, fanatics on both sides you 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 might not like it um i don't know if they were trying to make a specific statement about it uh based on how it ended and i don't really care because if my opinions you have your opinions and i think it's irrelevant i think you can make an argument no matter what um but i think it's just as it is it's a fun film i didn't always i a lot of times i didn't see where it was going um in fact i wasn't even sure which of the two characters was going to end up being the lead by the end uh, well, about you know 20 minutes into the film i suspected but it could have gone the other way uh but yeah i, I liked it i uh I, it's very enjoyable and i definitely recommend it all right sounds good and uh what mike is referring to uh the film uh is placed directly in the middle of the covid pandemic and uh we'll talk a little bit about that as well uh now uh with that stated uh barrett uh do we have a imdb or wiki we do we do um, due to the pandemic, oh, 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 oh. you got to do it. You got to do it. Do it. Uh, wiki, wiki, wiki. Thank okay. you. Well done. <laughs> due to the pandemic, Parker and her best friend decide to quarantine at the family lake house alone, or so they think. Yeah. Well, the, the most funny thing about that is the quote unquote family lake house. I mean, I know. Mansion, do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, I wish uh, I had we, a lake house like that. Yeah. <laughs> what a location. Talk about privilege. There you go. What an privilege. effing location that was. Oh, oh my God. dad just brings his friends here. <laughs> yeah, 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 they, they, he, they, he only comes once a year. 
and the house is like like can can hold probably everybody's house on this podcast, but plus another seven people together in the square footage. <laughs> at uh, least, at yeah. least, and, and, that's, and they probably own like half the lake too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely not not my lifestyle, unfortunately. Uh, but um, yeah, so that's uh, a good IMDb, I think, because it doesn't say anything or wiki because it says absolutely nothing at all. Um, so that's good. Doesn't spoil. Uh, I did not see the trailer, so I, I, I can't really say if uh, it spoils anything. Um, but uh, maybe Mike has, and he can bring it up uh, later. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, so uh, what we do here on the Dark Discussions podcast, for those who are new or those who are, are regulars, uh, basically what we do is we talk about uh, general stuff at first. So until we throw up the spoiler, we'll just talk about general stuff so we could talk about Kevin Williamson and how this relates or, or feels like some of his older films. We could talk about uh, some of the actresses and stuff in the film because i don't know anything about them maybe other folks here do and they want to talk a little bit about their work or what they did here in this film we'll talk a little bit about covid in general because again the, the whole film is is uh you burn away everything and, and it's talking about covid in, in it one way or the other as mike said you know it depends on your perspective will determine how you feel williamson and hyams are, are talking about the, the pandemic itself uh and anything else that is you know general stuff about slashes or whatever and then at a certain point we'll uh say all right i guess we can probably get into uh the spoiler and the reason we do that is because on dark discussions we don't just talk about uh the film with our reviews but we also critique and dissect so we'll talk about uh things like what the writer and director were trying to say our opinions on on how it was presented and and why it works or doesn't so we get into all the spoilers all the the back end of the film that uh if you haven't seen the film we ruin it for you so that's why we throw up the spoiler alert so if that point you can just shut off the podcast and go off and watch the film on peacock if you want or if it doesn't matter to you or you've already saw the film and you just want to hear uh further discussion uh you can keep on listening uh, but uh, at least you got to hear our review, and, and it appears that we all uh, enjoyed the film pretty pretty well, or uh, pretty damn much. So, that was well uh, said, Phil. Well said. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dan. So, uh, all right. So let's get into uh, the general stuff. Uh, so let's talk about um, COVID first, because that's, that's, that's the thing. Now, everybody here has, has a different experience of COVID, because we all live in different states. Uh, and we also have different experiences of COVID. Uh, I don't mean to... Uh, uh, talk out of line with, with Mike or Barrett, uh, but I know both you folks have, have said on the podcast, so it shouldn't be a surprise, and I don't think it's bad to say, you guys have underlying conditions, so you guys obviously didn't want to get COVID at all. Uh, I have an experience where out of the 1.1 million Americans who died of COVID, uh, one of them was my father, uh, and he died in January of 20. 21 uh so so i've had that experience and then dan who lives in california lived in one of the the hottest hit when it came to the crackdown on people and their rights or if you prefer their protection and uh so he had a much different experience than say myself in new hampshire where uh, my governor governor sununu uh was more of a um um i guess let people make their own decisions with with certain regulations in place like you know uh the there's 
plastic screens at at the checkout in between tables at a restaurant, but generally everybody still could live their life generally this, as they did prior, but just be more careful. So we've all had different experiences. We've all I've actually got COVID. I'm not sure. I know Barrett, you haven't, uh, but I'm not sure about you, Mike or Dan. But everybody can give their thoughts and and w- their history if they want to. It's, you know, again, this is this this is all private stuff. So you don't have to talk anything. If, about yeah, it. right. Yeah, obviously HIPAA applies, so no one should say anything that they don't want to say about their medical condition. Exactly. And me and Barrett work for healthcare insurance, so we know HIPAA <laughs> big time. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, and as a, a prior uh, uh, person involved in law, I know a great deal of HIPAA. But I'll, I'll talk about my experiences with uh, COVID um, because I'm a very lucky son of a bitch. Uh, for whatever reason, whether it's because I just have a natural immunity or because I followed all the restrictions to the nth degree, uh, I've never received COVID. I've never gotten any hint of COVID. I've been fortunate that I haven't lost any close friends to COVID. I've lost some some acquaintances, of course, as I think most have uh, to the pandemic. But I, I've never gotten it. None of my family, my direct family members have ever gotten it. So we may have an immunity system here that's good for us. I'm not sure. Uh, but I certainly got every single vaccine, every single boost. I've worn my mask probably more consistently than just about anybody. And again, because I work in the industry and I work in film where I've been fortunate enough to to shoot several films during uh, the, the height of, of the pandemic. Um, because entertainment was one of those industries where they said this is a, a crucial industry and we want to keep it going. So I and when I shot films during COVID, it was obviously with full masks during uh, every every uh, rehearsal, every moment throughout. Even you know when you're getting makeup, the makeup people are all in masks. When you're getting mic'd, you're, you, when you're in rehearsals, you're all masked. I double masked, as a matter of fact, and the masks only came off when you're actually uh, shooting a take. And then as soon as that take is over, the masks go right back on, and and everybody around you is in masks. So so I I followed all protocols, and I was very fortunate, and and, and never did get uh, COVID, and managed to work throughout. Yeah, for for our experience here in New Hampshire, um, I I as well followed all the COVID protocols. I was actually in panic mode uh, way back. (laughs) You were. Yeah, and Barrett used to (laughs) laugh at me. Phil's way to deal with it was to watch Contagion on loop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I, I had read the the London University thing where everybody's dead and and whatever. So I was already – I did a whole calculation of my town and said, all right, so 150 people will be dead by – June in, in my town, never mind. You know, and I have a, I live in a small town. Um, so yeah, I, I was already in panic mode. I was using gel every every friggin' moment. You know, and prior to using gel, I never used it. And when my wife used it like seven years ago, I used to laugh at her. It's like gel, but then I suddenly became panic mode. Um, I followed all the protocols as well. I always wore the mask. I was wearing the mask in in like February of 2020. Um, and people, my wife was asking, were people laughing at you? And I go, no, no, there was a handful, a couple other people that were too. And I think it's growing and sure enough, everybody did and whatnot. Um, I actually got the COVID on 2022 January. So, uh, just uh, a year ago, uh, basically from now. Um, and, uh, because my daughter, my youngest daughter got it and you can't quarantine, a five-year-olds at the time, you know, so what do you, you know, you can't just lock them in a room and say, you're quarantined. So 
we were doomed. And oddly, my wife didn't get it, but I did, and my other daughter, my seven, year, eight year old at the time, uh, got it. And uh, we, it was most likely Omicron because it wasn't horrible. Um, but, but yeah, and, and we didn't have really many people in the area. We didn't have any like fruitcakes that were not wearing a mask or people that would be over the top and flip out if they saw people that didn't have the mask. But we, we were fortunate. Most people were pretty mentally stable and just followed the rules without any issues. Uh, and then I, I mentioned my father, he, he passed away. It, oddly, he was about to get the COVID vaccine, the first one, um, a week before he got it. And then unfortunately he passed away, I think it was January 14th uh, from COVID. Uh, he was in his eighties uh, and had, had begun to have dementia. And uh, um, so uh, it, no matter how horrible it was to lose him, especially that way, um, it, 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 I don't know what you mean by. Oh, Siri. <laughs> Siri is talking to me. Start up Siri. Um, but yeah, so there, there was some unfortunate, uh, it, it was still, it, fortunately it wasn't as, as heartbreaking as it could have been because again, he, the dementia and, and all these other things, he, I mean, he couldn't even remember who I was at points. So, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a terrible thing. My neighbor, her mother, uh, she died of COVID too. And this was when only like 400,000 people in the States had died of COVID and, and, and out of the blue, uh, my neighbor and myself, our parent died of, of COVID, you know, and that, and that was less than half a million at that point. So uh, it is serious, as as we all know. I mean, we, everybody here that's listening to this has probably all have lived through it, so they know know what we're talking about. But let, let, let's go with you, Barrett, and then and you, Mike, uh, your your um, experiences uh, with COVID and and in your states. Uh, so for me, yeah, I was, I thought you were being funny and, uh, I wasn't taking it seriously. And then all of a sudden I was at Costco one day and the lines were wrapping throughout the building for people trying to get much needed items. Totally I, realized, I realized something was going on and it was real. Um, and because I have an underlying condition, my wife worries about me incessantly. So you know, I've I've followed all the protocols. It's getting harder now because, you know, a lot of people just are no longer wearing masks and it's hard to be that one person that is out there with a mask on. Uh, but I still worry about myself. So I try to take care as much as possible. Um, I have known some people who have had some major heart issues after getting it. Um, so it's it's you know, it's got its really big downsides, um, even if it is milder than it used to be because i know somebody recently that now has heart issues so you know you just don't know what you're going to get from it and uh it's it's good to worry about or be careful with and uh i have to be a little bit more careful so all right what about you mike uh and in new york well even though you're really a tri-state area kind of like me um what was your experience with with the the covid and 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 the government and all that stuff well, I mean, New York has a complicated history with COVID. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my God, that's right! Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> I um, about that. Oh my gosh! Look, I mean, I've been. Yeah, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, so I was a bio major, and I teach high schools biology and chemistry, and I've always been fascinated by the idea of the pandemic, and I've known it's coming. Right? This is sort of like I knew quote-unquote, new, 9-11 was coming. In that, and you and know, the nukes. Paid, the nukes are coming, too. Uh, well, whatever. Uh, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Come on, Vlad. Uh, no, it's going to be Z. It's going to be Z. And, 
and honestly, it's not the um, it's not the pandemic I was expecting, which you know is a good thing. You know, it wasn't the bubonic plague where it killed a, you know a third of the population, or the Spanish uh, or flu, Black Death, or Spanish flu. No, of course, Spanish flu. Spanish flu is very different circumstances, you know, and we're also in a country where you have uh, access to modern medicine. And I remember uh, standing in front of my class in February, and um, I don't know why it was in February, but uh, we've been hearing about this thing in China. Uh, And unfortunately, all we knew was the, which turned out to be a lot of disinformation that the Chinese were giving us. Shock. Uh, it, it, it's scary if you watch uh, Chernobyl. How many things that happened, like that happened in Chernobyl, paralleled how the Chinese handed handled this. But um, I, I just heard the kids all talking about this disease, and you know, you, the teenagers are like they they get hyper excited, and everything's going to the tenth degree. And I just said, oh, okay, before we get started, I want to just control some of the rumors. Uh, I hear you all talking about there's this disease out there that's going to kill us all, and I want you all to know that's absolutely correct. Uh, that was my it's attitude. Getting it. old? <laughs> no, no. He, they were recording. They were talking about COVID, and it's like. Because, but at the time, they were telling us things like, "Well, it doesn't get transmitted from person to person." Uh, there was a lot of bullshit out there, quite frankly, um, which we later found out was bullshit. Um, and you know, that, that was a great way to approach it. By the way, Mike, that's why I laughed. Well, I mean, look, I have like I have, I have a bad habit of making fun of things that end up happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I have a dark sense of humor. The kids laughed. I mean, it's, but, you know, then by Friday the 13th of March, uh, I went to see um, The Hunt in theaters. Uh, and that was the last movie I got to see until August. Um, and then even by then, they'd had to, you have to have a seat between you and every other person. And it just hit so fast. But, uh, well, I hated it. Uh, I hated the lockdown. I hated teaching the way I had to teach. Uh, I was frustrated because you were getting conflicting stories. Um, but I understood the need to go um, cautiously because there was a lot you didn't know. I remember being annoyed when I was turned away at Walmart because I wasn't wearing a mask because I'd been told that it wasn't transmitted. Three airborne, you don't need to wear a mask. And, and then, oh, no, no, we take that back. You need to wear a mask. As I saw those kind of things, you know, I mean, I think you just undermine trust when you, it's one thing to get it wrong. It's another thing when you deliberately misinform the public because you're trying to hoard masks for the, understandably for the doctors. But um, then things would continue on and we would learn more and we wouldn't change our practices. So, for instance, by the time school had started up again in September, uh, we had known that it wasn't being transmitted by surfaces and yet they were making sure every classroom was inundated with wipes and you had to stop class early so everyone could wipe down their desks and their seats. I don't know why they had to wipe down the place their ass was because that's not how you take in COVID. <laughs> um, and again, I'm just going, just going by the data they were telling me, uh, this isn't a conspiracy theory thing. This isn't a, you know, I hate masks. I, I mean, I hated masks in that like, I hated not being able to see my students' faces, having to basically shout to be heard in my classroom. I hated teaching remotely. I just hated all that, even though I recognized the reason for it. I was actually on the reopening committee, and I don't think I had slept for about a month when I realized just how ill-prepared our school was to handle this. Um, but 
you know, it, it is what it is. And I think as things go, we could have been a whole lot worse off. Uh, and I really, the thing I hate most, which is why I like this film, I think in part is that I hate how we've handled it as a culture, um, how it has turned into a political position. It's turned into virtue signaling. People do not, uh, not necessarily everybody, but there are people who wear masks because they don't want to be anyone to think they're one of them. And there are people who refuse to wear masks because I don't want anyone thinking I'm a pussy. And it's like, no, it's not. It's just, uh, and, 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 and Mike, that's that's what I liked about the approach this film took to that aspect of this film was the extremes, uh, which, which is what you're talking about. Uh, and that's that's what this film highlighted really, really well was the extremes on both ends. Uh, people who could give less of a fuck uh, about whether or not. Uh, they could potentially transmit or receive COVID and people who were over the over over beyond over about uh, protocols and 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 responses to uh, uh, the, the transmission of COVID. So, and Dan, that thing that was interesting, too, about a lot of the scenes, especially uh, the best friend of the lead character. You know, they're outside of the car. She says, oh, where's your mask? Put it on. She puts on the mask. They're, they're driving with the mask on, the two of them. And then later... She, and then they're going to spend all their time together. Right. And, right. and later, she's not even wearing the mask. Yeah. And then she... You know, so so it's just like... like It's almost like a binky, you know, like like, like uh, a pacifier more than than she's really believing it's helping from, her. Right. From one character's yeah. point of view, I agree. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, there, yeah. and there was the... Um, you know, that things like, well, you just take a, you know, just wear any mask, any mask you can. And it's just like, you'd see people wearing like, you know, old t-shirts and it's like, that wasn't really doing anything. I laughed, uh, if you saw, uh, not Knives Out, Glass Onion. I uh, love Glass Onion. Great film. The, I like the it better than Knives Out. <laughs> yeah, actually I did too. But with the one character, I think, I have to rewatch Knives Out, but there were the one character shows up to the party wearing a mask, but it's basically a wire mesh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh right, right. Yeah. That who's that actress uh that was in um that that sexy vampire film uh she's outspoken and she was wearing a mask uh that that had like um holes in it. It was it was like like a mesh mask too yeah, and yeah. she got ripped and she was like one of the biggest pro COVID uh, protection. Well, that was like my wife's music classes and musicians were wearing. You have to wear a mask with a hole in it. Your yeah. I think that's her name. Yeah. So yeah, you can't you can't you can't blow a sax with a with a mask. Right. right. Well, and, and, <laughs> thank and, and, God, yeah, brass filters out COVID. You know, it's just uh, yeah. And then uh, there was this podcast I was listening to, and, and he had a fair, fair point. He goes, he walks into this this restaurant, and they say, oh, you have to put the mask on. And he goes, yeah, but all these people, look, they're all sitting here. They're, none of them have masks on. And they go, yeah, but but they're sitting down and eating. And he yeah. goes, but what's the difference between me standing here or me sitting over there and eating? And 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 so he walked out and he went to a different restaurant. And and so it was all very, unfortunately, didn't make sense. Because that's just dumb logic. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like the more I've looked into it, so and I didn't even know people act weird about germs. So like my cousin lives next door to my mother he um he would go out and get the mail he would leave the mail like outside before he would open it so he didn't have to touch it 
<laughs> yeah, we, we we actually when we the at the beginning we we were wiping down the mail. My parents we were too, it, and we did we wiped down all the groceries. Yep, yep, yep. So. Yeah. So it, so and oh, and by the way, I got my first surgery during during the pandemic too. So that was fun. Oh, that's uh, scary. <laughs> that's, it was it was a hernia. Well, it was it was hernia <laughs> surgery, and again, that is not an entryway for the the virus. So I wasn't too concerned. But I will say, um, I had a cousin, another cousin like this, lived uh, about a mile from me, who uh, passed away not directly from COVID, but he ended up having uh, cancer. But he was not feeling well around in the early part of 2020 and just decided not to go to the doctor because, well, mm. they were all inundated because of the pandemic. And, you know, so then he ended up being dead by October. He may have been dead by October anyway, right, but, but there's but certainly a lot of stories like that of people who just scared to go to the doctor, because scared to go to the doctor. And uh, the hospitals an were just really busy at that time. Yeah. Right. There were and so look, many I'm people not, in the hospital. Or at least, well, maybe not where you live, Mike, right? But, but, he just didn't want to go, is what you're saying. But yeah, well, like, like New York City was like swamped, right? The hospitals were busy. They were telling people not to come unless it's an emergency. And you okay, know, he's so like he a lot of guys. It's get, not an emergency. I'm fine. Right. You, you got to be just... spitting out blood for it to get you into the hospital. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So anyway, so, I, it was a, it was a horrible time. I, and I, I I I my point is like there's a really good book about uh, the the and I can't remember the name of it. The 19 uh, the Spanish flu epidemic. And listening to some experts afterwards, they said, um, like, people just didn't talk about it afterwards because a lot of people were just embarrassed about how they behaved during it. Right. And the difference is they didn't have the Internet, and they apparently still had some sense of shame and humility. Uh, so we've skipped that, and we're just trying to keep the COVID battles alive as long as possible. Uh it's so that drives me nuts. Um, except I, so I understand. I understand that I, we all handle it differently. I'm not going to say who was right. I'm not going to say who was wrong. We were all operating on very limited information, but and you do it what makes you feel comfortable. But it was the the absolute certainty people have about things they know nothing about. But oh, they 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 read it. Do your research, dude. I read it on a blog post. Uh, no, right, just right. well, right, and, and we and we know about the. The the circular uh, way the news is what, what you know one news site will write a story and then another news site will write a story but but uh, reference the original story and and so and none of them will be fact checked <laughs> right right and they're all basically the same story from one original story and so if right. one if the original's wrong all of them are wrong so yep. yeah there's a lot of weird things like that. Um, and, but, and I got my vaccine, yeah. and when my students ask why I got a vaccine, it's like because I wanted I wanted my life back. Um, oh right, right. Know, because yeah, if you didn't get the vaccine, you weren't allowed to do certain things. So if you got the vaccine, at least you get your life back. That's a fair point, Mike. Yeah. Right. And and by the way, great great point point for this. Um, and again, if you want the vaccine, you don't want the vaccine. That's up to you. You make your call for your life. Um, because. Now, especially since we know it doesn't really do much to stop the spread of transmission, whether you get the vaccine or not has way more impact on you uh, than it will on me. But I know somebody whom I may or may not live with uh, who was not going to get the vaccine because it was Trump's vaccine. And then (laughs) and then. Well, that's that's what what Kamala Harris said, too, right before she became vice president. Kamala Harris did the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. And then after the election. 
when you would not have had chance to change the personnel working on the vaccine in any way, shape, or form. Right, it's the same. Vaccine. Now it was Biden's it was, vaccine. It was now Biden's <laughs> vaccine, and now they were going to get. The, he hadn't even been sworn into office. It was, it was like I, I asked again. It was like you know, like, like November eleventh, was right after that election. Remember when the vaccine was announced, or that they were really close to the vaccine? As they were going to get the vaccine, I was, oh yeah. Oh, it's not well, and it's not anymore. like Trump was in the the research rooms helping make right. up the medicine. Well, but does it even <laughs> matter? Does it even matter? Because whether whether Trump's right or wrong, his 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 point was exactly the same as Biden, which is get the vaccine, right? So right, right. whether, whether you're a Republican is, or a Democrat, this, yeah, the it person you, you voted way. for, yeah, the person you voted for, both of them said get the vaccine. Right? Hey, gentlemen, now, no. gentlemen, question. Yeah. Yeah. Should we be talking about the film? Yes, let's do that. Yeah. I, wanted, I was trying to do that, but Mike, Mike brought up the, the next piece. So let's, let's, but my point was that that's the part of that I hated, and that's probably the part of this that I enjoy is that, you know, is it kind of mocks extremism uh, in that. And, Absolutely. And the, and the fact that it was – that it's become a symbol for bullshit and not for actual genuine concern about the facts, about the science. I don't care who you're talking about. Because okay, so – and and that's again, I agree. That's what I liked about this film is, yeah, is so its what, what, approach to that subject, and, and in 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 the genre of a slasher film. Right, right. So let, let's let's do that. Let's let's talk about the film with the big cloud of COVID on top of it, because again, that that's the whole premise of the film, especially when we get to the end, actually, too. Um, and and talk about the film. So what's the setup of the film? Because this isn't really a spoiler. Is we got this kid who's in uh, a Walmart or, or wherever, um, trying to do groceries, and you know they they show all the stuff we saw that lived through it, where you know all the toilet paper's gone, and and food, all the canned goods. Uh, you know, if you wanted milk, forget about it. And, on and, and on. the so, six feet distance in line. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And then the, and the then arrows the, on the only, floor. Yeah. Only one way down the, the aisle at, in the store, so you can't. If you go the op- wrong way, you'll get everything we've at. all experienced. Yes. Yep. Yes. And, and the whole thing's a disaster. And basically, no, though, nobody follows the arrows. And <laughs> well, it, 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 a lot of most people did where where I lived. I don't, I don't know how it was where you lived there, but most people did. <laughs> not, uh, not that great. So but in the film, they, they mostly were following arrows, and they, most of them had masks. I can't remember yeah. if all of them had masks, but certainly most. Yeah, I think pretty much everybody did. In, and the in, kid did, the right? He was wearing yeah. a mask. He was, yeah. yeah. But it was, but he kind of slipped it on, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He took it off and on, depending on where he. Yeah, you know what aisle he was in, or whatever. Yeah, I think I, that's, I recall that. And yes. he took it off when he got out the store, and he bumped into someone. But, and you know, I, I remember going to the score the store because uh, my wife would never leave the house, and like seeing the fear in people's faces if you got too close to them. Oh yeah! <laughs> right. Oh yeah! Um, oh yeah! Walking down the street, somebody walking towards you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 before that, he while he's in line at the waiting for the cashier, that that's when it, the the first hints of something wrong here happens yeah yeah he basically gets an anonymous text about some guy says hey you want a party and he goes sure who is this and they don't respond and uh then he then, then the, the guy asked something that kind of was annoying and so he says f off or something and then when he's in line he gets another text with a picture of it and it says nice ass and it's someone that was in line behind him that took a picture of him and his, his butt and he turns around and he can't. And he, we see what he says, which is is it could have been anybody. We don't know who took the picture. And 
he gives a finger to basically everybody in the store. Um, and you know, everybody's at that time we're, we're, we're on, on, you know, razor edge sanity. Um, so they probably just ignored him. And, uh, then as Mike mentioned, he, you know, he walks outside, he bumps into somebody, the guy freaks out, Hey, put your mask on. What are you doing? And, and whatnot. So that's the setup of the film. Um, and, and if we go on about, more that would be that, I guess that would be spoiler what happens to this kid and stuff. Um, what do we want to talk about else? That's that's just general stuff besides COVID since we talked a, a good half. Hour on COVID. Well, all right, let's let's talk about the performances. So, yeah. I, I throughout the film from from the very beginning from this kid uh, who has you know uh, and from from the very 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 beginning uh, uh, I thought. One of the things that the writer and and the director did and the performances from the actors was all very normal, very natural, very well played, very not not over the top, uh, especially, again, given given this kind of genre that was you had some the fear was was a real based fear, which had that that double edged fear of, well, we know this is a we know it's a slasher film. Anybody who's turning on this film knows it's a slasher film. And we've also added in this element of that, that whole fear of COVID. And so it, that build is very, very well done. And the, 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 two, the, the, the main two lead actresses, fantastic. Uh, and when we get to uh, finding out who our bad guys, really solid performances down the line. Now, I, I want to add to what you said there, Dan. Uh, first off, believe it or not, I went in completely blind, so I didn't read a, the oh, as did I, as the did blurb, I. and I didn't see this, the the um, trailer. But I did know it was Kevin Williamson and Himes were directing. But believe it or not, I was I was wasn't sure what the film was going to be until the first kill, which which happens pretty quick. But I thought maybe we were going to go like a pandemic, like zombie. Who knows? Because because the title's sick, so. What does that mean? You know, so I was thinking that, but I also want to say that again, this is Kevin Williamson who wrote this, and I want to ask you, Dan, does this guy know how to write twenty-something-year-olds or what? Because even yeah, during this fear and this panic, that you know, you could tell they were like kind of annoyed. Uh, you know, well. let's go. Let's go back to Scream. Uh, yes, yeah. he does. He knows how to write twenties and thirties-year-olds, and just again writes really solid characters. Yeah, absolutely. Reminds me of uh, what was it? Was it as good as it gets? Was the movie with Helen uh, Hunt and Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson, where Jack Nicholson, where how do you write learn women characters so well? And he says, "Well, Dan, I, didn't I, you I did, didn't you babysit Helen Hunt?" Oh, stop! Yes, I did. <laughs> and he says <laughs> great, something great to the effect of, "I just write like I would man and remove any sense of logic or responsibility." Right. I think it's reason. Or <laughs> reason, responsibility, whatever. Yeah. But I was just like, I feel like that's basically what you have to do for twenty year olds. It just you know, remove the intelligence and remove the sense of responsibility and you'll capture what a lot of twenty year olds are. And um, I would generally agree with you except for her friend, who I think showed a very who was a very reasonable person and very she was she was the sound of, of reasonableness, I would say, of all the characters within the film. Her yes. best friend or, was or, the voice of, of or, intelligence and reasonableness. Or, or yeah. was she, was she was she uh, someone that just uh, bought into certain things? Because I, now looking back, I look at that character, you know, today, and it, at the time it may 
it made sense. But but she was the most hypocritical because she says, "Put on the mask. We're in the car." And then like the next yeah, moment, she, she's in the kitchen. Th- and that she's is no mask that, and that is true. And but and although she's, she's the talking. one who kept the six distance, and she's, she's pulling her mask away to talk and stuff like that. So yeah, so like, I, yeah, true. Okay, but but <laughs> I mean, I think especially and, and there's no there's no specific sense of when in the pandemic this film takes place. I got a sense it was relatively early on in the pandemic. Like, you know, yeah, first it did feel year. that way. I, that, I think that, it was early on. I, so I think even, even me at the very beginning, I was a little bit, you know, nonchalant. I'd wear the mask, but I, you know, might but, take but, it off. To, but but off she to, was, she was the one say, said, let's follow the rules. What are you doing? And then she yeah. would break every rule. True. So that's the reason. She why also I, smoked a joint with somebody else. So with two other <laughs> people. As so. long as I roll <laughs> a big And then when they're dancing in the wine cellar, the, she, She's wearing a mask, and just you know, like ten minutes earlier, she's she's sharing a. I don't know. The whole thing was funny. She was just crazy. Well, I think, I mean, like the one thing for her, she was a wasn't she like a med school student? Yep. Yeah. So so that will give her some of the. She's a twenty something, but she'll kind of sort of take it seriously, um, or she's trying. Uh, but kind of uh, like you at the think, beginning, right, Mike? Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I yeah, guess th- that's my point. And the other thing is that it says, my guess is because, again, at the beginning of the pandemic, they said, you don't need masks. Don't wear masks. And so I'm guessing this is, while this is early, I don't think, I think it's outside the, the two weeks. You know, the, oh, the yeah, I think it's, like I said, within the first year when people were starting to say, no, you really should wear masks. Yeah, because all the toilet paper were gone, right? So this has right. to be yeah, so summer I'm, I'm thinking like May. 20, I would think. I have, yeah, April, May. I, that's yeah. kind of where I placed it as well. Yeah. Which again, uh, because, good writing, right? Because and, also and, and there's that attitude of we're gonna just gonna go kind of ride this out, so they're not expecting it to right, right, right. right. She they believe that it's gonna be like a two week thing, like like Fossey or whatever, whatever the guy's name was, uh, Fauci, Fauci. That's it. Uh, he said, yeah, well, it'll be two weeks, and then of course, you know, it's two years later. Two years, right? But <laughs> or three. Yeah. But even like when we got to June, you know, so I, again, I got to speak in school years. I was expecting when we went back, things would be done by September. Right, because okay. actually things uh, were picking up. I, I think we all down. thought that at that point. I yeah. think yeah, everyone, a, a, that, every reasonable person thought that. I think. Especially well, after then, that, then London, there was a variation, London, right? Especially after yeah. that, London yeah. uh, um, study was debunked. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I thought it September it would be over too. But then, yeah, you're right, Barrett. Then they had the variations, and then we it, started having a rise in deaths again, and then that just screwed everything up again. Uh, but getting right. back to the film, yes, <laughs> yes. So, so see that's uh, that's why they invite me on these podcasts because I I, I keep it centered. Yes, yeah, so let's keep it centered. All right, so <laughs> so do we do we want to just throw up the spoiler and, and just start getting into stuff? Yes, yeah. Do, I think we have to with this yeah. film because it it, it it happens pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. So so we're gonna throw up the spoiler at this point. Uh, hopefully uh, everybody's still with us and and not depressed about the past two years of COVID uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll get into now uh, anything and everything about the plot, because again, um, though COVID is, is like the black cloud over the film intentionally um, there, there's a, there's a, there's actually a plot. So uh, let, let's get into that. Um, so if you haven't seen the film, it's right now available on Peacock, uh, at least in the U S of a. Um, so uh, all right. It's a great so, film. Go see it. Yep. If you can. Exactly. I, I would, 
And I was going to say, the first thing I, I really noticed about the film, besides the nostalgia of pandemic porn at the beginning, um, <laughs> <laughs> well was that if, that if I I couldn't tell if Kevin Williamson from the opening was homaging Scream or if he was just, you know, run, you I, know I running out of, out of ideas. Because it is very much this thing where a guy is being stalked off, out of sight by someone who's communicating with him through a phone. Uh, in the, it, but in this case, he's being taunted kind of about the disease and the and, and not the. Uh, uh, oh yeah, you have you been tested? Yeah, you know, yeah I won't you party with you yet. unless he was the Drew tested. Barrymore of the movie. <laughs> kind of right. sort of yeah yeah. yeah yeah right so. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's kind of what I found funny was uh, right, right because then what, what Mike is saying, and which since we've already given up the spoilers, this kid then drives home to his apartment, and and you you're already getting that slasher vibe by this point you, th- th- that he's clearly being there's creaking noises and there's weird things being opened, and 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 he, you get the sense that he is now being stalked by a killer. You just don't know why. And since it's the beginning right. of the movie, you know it's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and right. you don't get to find out why until the end of the movie about which, why which, he's killed. That's yeah. right, which I really which like. I kind of like. It's Although my neat. wife kind of got it right away. Oh wow! <laughs> really? My wife that from that first scene when when he gets when when the slasher comes and the slasher comes and he kills this kid horribly. Big battle, wonderful fight scene within the apartment. Great. And, and he and he, he, he it's it's one of those wonderful scenes where you almost think he might get away, he might get away, and then doesn't. So wonderful trope for personally. I would have stayed in the room much. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But anyway, yeah, from that scene, my wife turns and goes, "This is about COVID. This is about COVID. This well, is about oh yeah, the killers are about COVID." Went, oh, That's pretty awesome that she figured that out. Yeah, and, she and, did. and the thing that is kind of cool about the killer. Is because again, it's a slasher, so they're gonna have the the, the mask, right? You're right. You've masked. You're masked killer. But the mask was more than just to protect identity, right? Because the killer yep. that's the best doesn't part. want COVID, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. It served yeah. a dual purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so our killer has got a nice K95 mask on him. Right. <laughs> now, what were you saying, Mike? I was gonna say the only I might have been tempted. Uh, if I were if I were trying to do this, to go the opposite way because everybody else is wearing a mask, so usually in a slasher film nobody wears a mask except the killer. I might have been tempted to go the opposite way and just funny. have the killer. But unfortunately, the way it, the, I just think uh, if you I got if you had done something like that, it also would have done been seen kind of as a statement. Oh, people right. that don't wear masks are killers. You know that. It also doesn't flow with the final information you're given right. at the end of the yeah, film. It doesn't, it doesn't flow with the final the information. Yeah. It's, and, and is there multiple killers like Scream, or is it just one killer? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So so you don't yeah you don't want to see the the face of the 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 killer too because again, not that the reveal of who the actual individuals are that aren't wearing the mask matters. The the mask itself um give give us the option or, or or the writer director to do something that that is part of the twist which is is there multiple killers or not and i thought that was pretty awesome i was not expecting that uh again we're in spoilers so it, it really doesn't matter right we're giving up spoilers, but again and it, it again going with mike's point it, it kind of there was definitely a kind of a scream homage 
to okay. that moment when we discovered. Well, I, just, that. I wasn't sure. Was it scream homage or scream ripoff? Uh, <laughs> well, you can't. Can you rip off yourself? I guess you can. Well, you can uh, certainly be derivative of yourself, right? Well, um, unlike Scream, though, this person was was truly targeted for a, speci- a real reason. Right. Just I, because I they, agree. They were, they were psychopaths. It was much different. Well, right. the thing is, until you find out why, like, yeah, it was. It's about COVID, right? It's it's look at where it's set and look at, um, well, you know, look well, at the title of the film. But it's, but like, I didn't see anything obvious. So, in other words, he wasn't a guy who was a like in store as a jerk, you know, not wearing a mask at all. Um, right. I don't think he was. I, a, I he, totally agree, Mike. I think that's a great point, and I, I very much agree. Right, so it wasn't like I was saying, oh, he's getting somebody's going off and killing oh, people. Oh, getting revenge on, on people that aren't wearing masks. Right, right, exactly. Well, yeah, we because we, we don't know why he, this guy's targeted because he's not breaking any of the COVID rules, right? And he's wearing, he's not out of the ordinary either because everybody around him are following the exact same rules as him. So we know he's not being targeted because he's not wearing a mask or because he is wearing a mask. He's being targeted for a reason we have no idea. And that, and again, we've all seen Kevin Williamson's other films. Like I said, Scream, some characters were targeted just for no reason, right? And then I know what you did last summer. Most of the characters were targeted for a specific Because of what reason. they did last summer. <laughs> but, 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 the, but the ex-boyfriend of one of the characters is killed in that just as a, a, a extra kill, yeah. and he had nothing to do with it. So it's like, where where is this going? Is this was this kill just a random kill by the local psycho stalker, or is there a purpose? Right. And, and then, of course, we then we then get into the the main plot of the film uh, after this initial right. kill. Yeah. Um, so now now we're introduced to our our, our main lead, uh, uh, Kim Parker. Kim Parker, who who she's just uh, she's she's. She's kind of, you get a sense she doesn't really give a fuck uh, uh, about She's a party girl. Yeah, she's a party girl, and she doesn't really care. She puts a mask on to, because people tell her to, just to, so right. she doesn't have to deal with their hassle. But, but, but you get I, the I, sense she doesn't give a rat's ass. But But I will say, we don't see enough of her outside of her bubble. In other words... You know, when she's near a car, she doesn't have a mask on. But again, I I didn't. I was Mister COVID crazy, as as Barrett mentioned. But and but I didn't wear a mask when I was standing next to my car, unless people were near me. You know, and 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 since she's quarantining with her friend, she doesn't really care about the mask, well, even though her friend is freaking out. So we don't really see her in stores or at school or how she is. So maybe she's now that she's away from people, she's more lackadaisical. But, but I, I, yeah, well, I, I hear what you're saying, Phil, but I, I got immediately like I'm talking about like the first two minutes of seeing her, yeah, the first minute uh, of seeing her. Uh, I, I said, this is a person who just doesn't give a rat's ass. And, 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 and by the end of the movie, you're right. You're right. She gives, she gives right. that feeling. But as the stakes go up, she gets more serious, which I found really good. I like very that true. Very true. Yeah. So she's but, going on. She's going off. She's going to quarantine with her friend. She's going to go to this fabulous lake house. This mansion of a lake house by the lake with her friend. And they're just going to quarantine together. It was quaint. All this bullshit is gone. It was a quaint eight bedroom house. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm surprised they didn't show us. There were wings. There were wings to this place. 
Yeah, yeah, there were ways, and, yes. And levels. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there were hallways that are, are bigger than most people's family room. You know, we're going to go party of. in the basement after we smoke pot in the back. And, and the basement is a basement, which is a wine cellar. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. And fully yeah. AV, you hook up with. You know, th- these are people from money. Let's face it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the and, whole, and, and and on on just on a on a filmic level, what a, a fantastic location. Yeah, uh, they 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 found it, 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 yeah. just all the levels of the place, the look of the place, everything about it was a fantastic location for this kind of film. Oh, for yep. sure. Yeah. Two people yeah. in this ginormous place. I mean, it's well, just... three eventually. Well, yeah, right. but in the start, yeah. we have two people. Yeah. 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 So uh, she and her friend are they hanging out. They're talking about her relationship with her boyfriend who wasn't invited here and who you get the sense she's not really into that much. Yeah. She's uh, probably with, she's kind of with blowing him off. Yeah. And her friend is saying, you're just afraid of relationships. And, you know, so, you know, you get that sense that they're just, ha- but they're having a good time. But then she yeah. starts getting texts. Right. Right. She's getting the same text as the, the our first, first victim did, basically. Yeah. Uh, anonymous um, and kind of a little odd. Um, oh, and, so, then, and, and then the same thing that, like in the in the grocery store, she gets this uh, an image of them at the lake. Well, at first he's, he's he, the the texter is saying there's they're sitting at the lake. The two of them yeah. are in their bathing suits, uh, kind of hanging out at the lake, and and you get he's texting things like, "Are you going to take a plunge?" You know, right, right. Like how does this texter? <laughs> the water's how does, nice. Yeah, how, how does the texter know that that? They're in their bathing suits and on a dock at, at the lake, right? I just yeah. assume no. everyone I text is in a bathing suit on a dock. Yeah. I, that's my general go-to as well. Uh, actually, that was, that was my favorite line of the movie was there when when her friend goes, I thought you said uh, we could be in their bathing suits and it would be warm. And she goes, no, I didn't say it was going to be warm. This is April. I just said it was going to be sunny. <laughs> For some reason, I thought that was just funny. I just that's love that line. Yeah, no, that's good. Funny. Yeah, that was a great line. Uh, so that night they some weirdo sh- uh like vehicle shows up that and they don't know who it is and so they begin to panic and they and they grab a knife from the well they're, they're the, both kind of freaked out about the text yeah. they're definitely starting yeah. to get really freaked out and they right. think something's going on exactly. and how, how do they know we're here and what the hell's going on right 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 exactly and then one of the the their uh, doors because you know this is one of those houses that have like hundreds of, of doors because it's a mansion um is just <laughs> open and uh so that kind of freaks them out and then at, in the night a car shows up and they don't know who it is and the doorbell rings and they go to the front door and then someone somehow sneaks in the back and we got our our Generic junk jump scare, and and fortunately it's no one. It's it just happens to be her boyfriend. He he figured out where they were and he showed up. But for like some reason you wouldn't movie. say that it was him while he was outside the door and went right to the back. Yeah, yeah, got, that one was a little. Uh, I, that was that took a little willing suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was being a, a little odd. Um, I will say. I think he was my favorite character. Oh yeah, um, I liked him. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, he got <laughs> screwed though. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was. He was a, a, the definition of 
a man. He knew, you know, <laughs> a like dude. When, 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 a dude. Yeah, when, well, when the shit, right, well, before he's just a regular guy, you know, a nice guy that's sad that she won't be willing to a relationship to or whatever. But then when the shit hits the fan, he's like the man. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the yeah. shit hits the fan pretty quickly. Yeah, after he yeah. arrives. After he yeah. arrives, they, they all decide, hey, let's let's just, you know, cool and calm. We'll try and all, you know, work this out. We're here. I'm here. I, I, I got nowhere else to be. Let's be cool. And let's all party. Let's smoke dope yeah. and smoke dance. Smoke dope and dance and stuff. Now, this is where I, if I had a flaw to the film for me, is that there's only three characters and we're like 30, 40 minutes into the film. And so I'm thinking the, the, the characters aren't going to grow, right? This is it. So th- immediately it's like, okay, this is our characters. This is a slasher who, who's the checkoff dead man, right? So I kind of figured out – I was right with the first death, but I, I, I thought the second would have been the friend. But oddly, no matter how few – People were in the film, and few deaths there were. The film was as suspenseful as hell. I thought. So oh yeah. I, I don't know how they did it, but well, you're getting you're actually yeah. getting to probably one of my favorite moment uh, moments in the entire film. Uh, um, that and and it, it hits on two levels. Uh, the, and I agree with you. I thought, oh, it's for sure her best friend is going to be the first victim because yeah. she says something to her. They're they're having that conversation. She and 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 her friend are having a conversation in her room. Uh, at the doorway and she says something like I'm, I'm I don't know I'm dead already or something like that I can't remember what it, the exact quote was but she says something like that the best friend does says something uh, you know I don't know I'm dead already or something like that and I thought oh or I'm dead tired I can't remember and I said oh foreshadowing she's the next one to go right. and then they all fall asleep and they're in separate places and there is this, and 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 then we know the killer comes into the room, and 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 there is this. Again, I don't know if how much of this is Mr. Hyams or how much of it is his DP or if it was a collaboration, but there is this shot uh, of the of of the of her and the phone. She's lying in bed. Her phone is next to her, and it's at a forty-five degree angle from under from the floor and it kind of moves in this really slow pan up to this bizarre angle. Do you know the moment I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It was just terrifying. And you see the hand come in and take her phone and, and then mm-hmm. it's, it's repeated for all three of them. And you're sure at some point, one of them is going to die. Right, you're right. sure of it because of these angles, the way they shot the, that, it's just I, there's something about when a camera angle does something to progress the story and progress the fear that I just love in this type of film. And this was one of those moments that let me ask if this was a flaw of the film or did the uh, antagonist have a plan with the victims? Because technically all three were asleep, right? When it, when he took, when they took the phone, Technically, they could have just killed him right then. Each of them. I don't so think they're, they're going to test. They're no, they're going to test them. Right. They were going to okay. capture them and test them all. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't boy, go not there. The boyfriend, not the boyfriend, because he wasn't part right, of any but, of that. But her. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't but even the, know the friend. They wanted her. They, they, they just the, wanted her. Yeah. 
because well, the collateral the damage, as they said. Yeah. But 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 uh, I don't. I, I didn't get this. I, I did. I, I, yes, they they definitely test her. I mean, that, that's definitely that's what when we get down to the very end, that's what it's all about. But but at this point, I thought to me it was just these people who were doing this enjoyed creating fear. Right. They enjoyed the game. They enjoyed the cat and mouse. So I didn't think it was a flaw. I thought they just want to they want to put them through hell before they finally kill them. And they, they did it with yeah. the first guy. Yeah. They did it with the first guy. They do it with their texts and the things. So there's a, it's not just and because sick has many different meanings. Yeah. Right. Right. And so right. I, to my mind, this was about they just want to torture him first. They want to put him through hell first before they give their final punishment. Gotcha. All right. That's fair. I can buy that. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what Mr. Hines says about that. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a question for us to ask. Um, now, uh, I liked how. It's they, they, they wake him up. They basically yeah. they, they they turn on like the music in the house and it wakes everybody up and we're following the perspective of Parker the lead character and she thinks it's her boyfriend DJ uh, blasting the music and so she's going to check and then we get a hand that goes around her mouth to have her shut up and it's DJ and he says someone's in the house. Because he's yeah. already he's already awake before the music went off. He yeah. noticed his he, phone was gone, phone and he gone. started looking around. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I, I that I thought was pretty cool because I was not expecting the boyfriend to take charge. I thought he was just going to be a clueless boob, like the two girls kind of were. So, or at least at first. But no, he he took charge right away. And um, honestly, they could have su- survived pretty easily if the friend, when she wakes up and he says, go run, if the friend instead took a lamp or something and clubbed the the murderer, I think they would have had a a easier chance to survive, but instead she runs out of the room and he has to fight one-on-one with the, the murderer. And he does really good. It's just the yeah. luck of the oh. draw. The luck yeah. of the draw is not behind him. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I don't he, like those judgmental terms. Murderer. Really? I mean, maybe he's just misunderstood. Maybe he just needs to make a point and that's the exactly. point. And the point happens to be within somebody's body, but so what? It's right. a point, make a point yeah, exactly. with a point. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Poetic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's this great fight between the boyfriend and gives the two girls an opportunity to escape. So, as as Phil says, he's the man. He steps up. He fights this guy. It's at some point you think he's got the upper hand uh, and then it goes woefully wrong. Yeah, he almost gets away, too. Yeah, Almost. Yeah, he he gets it in the leg. And and that's that's when um, he's kind of loses the initiative. And. And unfortunately, yeah, he he gets taken out, and and it was pretty realistic how how they set it up because he knows he's in trouble. He can't get out the door in time, so he does something that made sense, even though it seems a little silly. Which is he grabs the rug 
and he, he tries to cover himself with the rug, hoping that the knife can't really go too far through the, the rug. But of course that that's not the case. Um, and then I love, and then the girls, they, 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 they get out and they get into the car and they're in the car, right. As, as and, and they're hoping the boyfriend will come and join them. They're, they're st- kind of stalling in the car, hoping he'll make it out. And then he shows up at the front door, bloody, but okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. uh, I did like how the fact that they had the flat tire. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and 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 the way the car drives with the flat tire like that is absolutely one hundred percent realistic. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So well, flat tire or not, in that circumstance, I'm driving the fuck out of there. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. Right. And <laughs> yeah, they tried. Yeah, yeah. They, they just drove too fast. You can't drive that fast with a flat tire. Well, at right. first though, they thought the boyfriend was okay and he was gonna make it. Turned out he was yeah. just a puppet on a string. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that I didn't expect him to get speared yeah. through the back. And I really like. I, I, yeah. Well, what it was, as I mentioned, not my favorite genre, but I really liked that moment. I thought what, it was, what I think it was is, is this, awesome. It wasn't even even a rug. I think it was a t- tapestry yeah, hanging on the tapestry. wall with, yeah. with the spike. Yeah. And so, spear. Yeah. 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 And so, so yeah, spear. Yeah. So that's yeah. You know, only these type of houses have tapestries with spears. I have a tapestry with a spear in my house. There you go. In case you ever come visiting. I when believe you're not invited. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so he's done. And um, it didn't surprise me because I thought he originally showed up to be the extra body to kill. But it did surprise me um, after the fact, because he did take charge and he wasn't just like a buffoon. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that actually uh, uh, as a moment. I, I thought, you know what? You know, they show him a little bit of a hero. I really like that. I really yeah. like that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, now the girls, I think when after they crash the car, because again, this is an estate, so you know the driveway is is like a half a mile. Um, <laughs> I think their mistake was running back to the house. At that point, I would have just ran into yeah, the woods. Yeah, just and going into anywhere. the woods would yeah. have been impossible for them to find him. Yeah, exactly. But well, we know this is a movie, films. so they would have found him regardless. In right. films, they always underrate the uh, the difficulty of finding shit in the woods. Right? right? It's like there's one tree you can hide behind, and they're always circling. Where are they? No, oh, but they're there. <laughs> there. There's so many things you can do. It's so easy to lose anything in the woods. Kind of yeah, what I liked so. about Alone, actually, was that that sense of she could hide and, and not get found. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah. But and, yes, and, so they go back to the house. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're surrounded. Um, and uh, this is where we got our first twist, which is we have multiple killers, right? And and we also get uh, the the well, part where it takes out takes out cream twist right so it's again homaging what he's already done whether he was whether again whether he's homaging himself or self-referential or ripping himself off whatever i like the film regardless but you interpret as you will so so i'm just just to make sure that i'm following on the track here when did the when did they both escape out of the window and end up in that whole situation where the friend falls down and we think she's dead. 
Right, right. But she's not. When, when did that happen in, in, in this timeline? They've come back to the house and they're running around it, getting chased by him. And they get in that room and they're trying, they break the window to try and get out. And then she gets out and then the friend is trying to get out. And doesn't she get held back a little bit? And then as she's let go, she falls beyond right. the balcony and she gets, you know, hurt pretty bad falling that distance. Yeah. She breaks her leg, right? Cause it's a good four feet or uh, four feet, 40 yeah. foot or 30 yeah. feet. Yeah. She breaks range. her leg. Yeah. Because they're being yep. chased by the and and yes, because they're being chased, but we don't know it's multiples at this point, do we? Or did we already see the second person at this point? I don't know. I, I see. I, even though I just watched the film, we don't. Uh, we don't know. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Because she she kills, or or she thinks she kills one of the killers in the kitchen, but I, I can't remember if that was before her friend broke her leg and was knocked out unconscious or not. And I think, I think she, it was, I think what happened was her friend was unconscious and she, she uh, runs and hides behind the tree. And then the murderer is basically doing what Mike said was circling the tree, sees her. She runs back into the house. He follows her into the house and then she fights him in the kitchen and she wins. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And this this is the part that bothered me, but it's like all slasher movies are like this. The amount of times she hits him on the head, he'd have been dead. He'd have been dead already. But he comes back later, which is fine, but it still bugged me. If she had yeah. done like three hits, maybe he's getting back up. She yeah, but she, like bashed, she bashed solid. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all I, been... Right. I, mean, I know. I saw... So, I saw Paul Puma get hit in the head a lot of lumps, and he was perfectly fine afterwards. <laughs> that's, that's a valid point. But uh, on a serious note, um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I would have figured that the threat friend would have died falling out the window because of the distance. But again, you know, she survived. So it's like, all right, you know, whatever. And the one thing I always say about slasher films, I say it all the time, which is the moment you knock the person down, you kill you them. Sure, you make sure that person never gets up again, meaning yes. you kill them. Exactly. That, and of course, they never do because it's a trope in slasher yes. films. So. Exactly. All right. So exactly. the so the friend falls out the window. She breaks her leg. Her friend kills the other person. She comes out and she says, "There's another killer." Right. And she says, "So she, there's another. There's there's two of them. There's two of them." So she's now seeing the second killer, and she says to her friend, "Play I, dead. Yeah, pretend exactly. you're dead. Don't move. Pretend you're dead." Yeah. And she goes running off into the woods. Right. Well, actually, yeah. And, and then she runs to the dock. Oh, that's right. She get, she ran. That's yeah. right. I forgot yeah. about that. That's right. Yeah. 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 I completely then, forgot about that. That's right. She runs to the dock. Yeah. She goes out on the lake. Tip. Yeah. And she's on the raft. It's like yep. a, a And the killer raft. comes after her. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the second killer. killer. And right, it's the right. kind of raft where he could be underneath and there's air there. <laughs> Again, willing suspension of disbelief. No, but I, I gotta I say, can look, see that, but it's just not a good idea to be on that raft. But it's oh, but sorry. on the other hand, it lends to this wonderful uh, 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 sequence where she's on the raft trying to get across the lake, and he's underneath her, and he keeps stabbing the blindly the knife uh, up into the raft trying to get her. And, and so you, it's like a Jaws moment. Like you never know when the attack's going to be. Right. I, I, would uh, I, I would like to talk to uh, the director too when we talk to him about how he filmed that because it, that had to be on some sort of set 
Um, but but it really did feel like it was in the middle of the lake. It did. It was it well did. done. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was well done. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she does get stabbed in the hand, so now she's yep. injured. Uh, and she jumps off and she swims. And it, it, actually, I was confused because I thought it was – when she gets back into the house, I thought it was her house again. But it wasn't. It was the house on the other side of the lake. That, that didn't confuse me. I thought she was going to somebody else's Okay, cabin. so you did know that. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. yeah. yeah. She yeah. was making a straight line to the other – the neighbor's house across the way. I uh, by the way, I was going to say. And who she uh, knew because she said, "I know you. You know me." Right, right. And that was a great scene too because he's going, yeah. he's going, doesn't know who she is, and and he, he he finally, she finally says the daughter's name. You remember you took us on a raft when we were kids, and she's, "Oh, you're the you know whoever across the street." Which I also you're like the, oh, because yeah, it's perfectly fair that this is a girl who's been away to college for a few years. He probably knew her when she was a 14. lot older. And she's broken and she's broken into his house. Yeah. In the middle of the night, in the middle of a pandemic. So yeah, I I get it. And by the way, the correct answer what she should have done was when her friend found her friend laying on the floor, was told her the killer is dead, she needs to scream for help and then run the (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So the the neighbor eventually realizes who she is, but not in time. Nope. Right. Well, and this this is cool too because the, the neighbor gets killed, and now the murderer has a shotgun. Yeah. Because he has, has this guy's shotgun now. Um, so I she, thought of you, Bill, because I kept thinking of that scene in Terrifier. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. He's not insisting on murdering his victims with a knife. I, I'm just going to guess that maybe – do we know where this is set? Yeah, it's California somewhere. Okay, so it would make sense that they probably don't have easy access to a gun. You know, if this was Kentucky or something, that might be a different story. So, yeah, um, so that would explain why they're using a knife. And it's probably hard, you know, the gun shops are probably closed just as all the other shops are, are closed or out of stock. So, but now he's got a shotgun. But now he has a shotgun. Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. That was <laughs> <a cool. laughs> um, All right, so... Yeah, so so there's two killers, and that so that was pretty awesome. So the chase um, is back on. Yeah. Oh my god, this this was a great scene because, <laughs> and it, and not even because of the twist, but because we have someone. Basically, what happens is she makes it to the street. The guy, she clubs over the head with a rock, and she flags down a car. And there's this older woman in the car, or or probably actually. <laughs> The same I age would say, as all I would us. Say middle aged woman, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's. Uh, and she it says, if "You let it me, and I'll suck is. your dick." That scene was yeah. fucking hilarious. Oh, I mean, yeah, because she she, she You're screamed, in the "Let mask me in!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. She won't let her in the car without a mask. And it was so she's stand, she's standing there. She's bleeding. She's disheveled. She's screaming. She's pounding on the window of this car, and the woman is going, "Do you have a mask?" Do you have a mask? You need a mask. And she's going, you got to be fucking kidding me. Somebody's trying to kill me. Let me in the car. You need to wear a mask. That was and awesome. I was, thinking, I was thinking this was just some person who's really crazy about COVID. Uh, <laughs> so it got me really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then she eventually says, oh, wait, I have an extra mask. She gives her, she says, here, you can put this on. So she gets in the car and she puts on the mask. And that's when the twist happens. But but you know what's funny? And they, he purposely 
the writer Williamson and the director Hyams are purposely making this a funny scene because she goes, "Oh, the mask is 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 sterilized in no. this plastic bag." And, and so, you know, and, oh, oh yeah, you know, it's like it's like the oh, point yeah. of like ridiculous. It's oh yeah, hilarious. oh yeah. She puts that on and she's like, "There's a weird smell." Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> and at that point we know. At that yeah. point we know there's a third killer. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. One of the probably one of the greatest twists I've seen in this kind of film in a very long time. I totally didn't see it coming. Had no idea it was coming and blew my mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And so we have a a, like a a family of killers now. And and so that was pretty awesome. Um, And she was pretty much done if. The friend hadn't. Then uh, wake up from from being knocked out. Right, because now, now they've got her. They've got her tied up in the house. They've taken yep. her back to the cottage. They've got her tied up, <laughs> and 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 we get the reveal that it that the uh, that the first killer was a son was their son, and that this is the mom and dad, and that's uh, the actor from um, from Alone uh, who's the dad, right? Uh, yes, that is correct. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. yeah. And their yeah. their older son had died from kissing her and she had infected all sorts of other people. Right. And and we had given been given that information earlier that she had that was kind of what the boyfriend was upset about was she was at a party dancing with everybody and she was kissing this other guy who she barely knew. And well and but what's the, the point of that though was she was doing that specifically to make him jealous. Right. Correct. Right. But what she did was ended up uh, maybe, maybe transmitting maybe. COVID to their son, which caused him to die horribly. Right. And so they've now been on this. So and that's where we learn why the first guy died. Uh, they killed him because he was part of this group that he also uh, may have been the infector that so yeah. they, so they're out to 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 get revenge on anybody who killed their son and she she's well she's and okay so and in the meantime well I, before I, I all this happens the, yeah. the the best friend the best friend uh um i'm sorry got distracted for a second the the, the best friend uh has basically woken up uh, has in horrible shape. Her leg is busted. She crawls into the kitchen. She creates. Uh, she breaks this stuff and ter- makes herself a splint so her leg is stabilized. Uh, out of I think she used chair legs. And she's already there in the kitchen, kind of hidden behind the kitchen counter when all of this other reveal happens. Right. Right. Now, I. I the, the the girl's strange that our Parker the, the lead because like Mike said she was kissing this other guy at the party to get him jealous and it's a weird thing because this guy this DJ guy her boyfriend there was no reason for her to get this guy jealous because he really liked her a lot and he wasn't going to be the type to cheat so she wanted him that, to leave her she didn't want to get him necessarily yeah, jealous she wanted him to right. leave her. Yeah, instead of just saying I, I want to break up, she has to do these weird things. No, and, I thought the problem was that he wasn't committing. I don't know. I, I, he was the one that. Yeah, wanted her I, I got to disagree. I think she was yeah. the one who wasn't committing. Yeah, yeah she was, didn't want to yeah. commit. That's why she wanted to break up with him because he was getting yeah. too serious and yeah. getting too close. And that's why her friend comments, you know, like she's afraid of relationships. 
That's right. Exactly. Yep. That's what I got too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but either way, yeah. So what happens is that, yeah, the, like you said, Dan, so she was partying uh, at a party where no one was following protocols for COVID, basically. Uh, she kissed this, the guy, originally she kissed the guy that was killed at the beginning. And then she kissed this other guy. And this other guy later died of, of COVID or complications due to COVID. And what it is, is this family of murderers, which she already killed, or they they think they believe, because it, she, it was, I think. No, they, actually, the, the, the father sees that the, the son has been killed. Right. He but, finds but, him and he well, goes. But, but, but the son but he, isn't dead at that point, right? But he thinks he is. <laughs> right. He thinks yeah. he is. Yeah. And so the, so they think now that she's killed both sons. And, and the thing is, it's kind of funny because these people – which, okay, they have a major breakdown because their son died of COVID, and it's a terrible thing. No one wants to see um, their child die before them. Um, I've, you know, my whole, my parents, they had to see that with my brother who died of leukemia. And so it's not a good thing. But, so, but Phil, I'm going to presume that your parents then didn't go out and kill everybody who had leukemia. No, 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 no. Okay. no of course not. Nor, nor, nor is leukemia necessarily caused by an infection either, right? As, so, I, as I said, the word sick has double meanings, which is one of the things I loved about the film. Right that, that, is, that is true. And so the thing also that's silly about these people, the murderers, is their son was as guilty of not following COVID rules as Parker she even brings so, that up. She's right. like, what about him? He wasn't wearing a mask. Right. So he's is guilty <laughs> for getting for letting himself be ex- possibly exposed to COVID. Anyway, but of and course, then she also says, what, what about my boyfriend? Why? Why'd you kill him? Oh, collateral damage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Got to break. So a they're few full of excuses as long as it doesn't fall within their sick parameters they've got lots of excuses for why it's okay for them to murder people yep right and also like kind of point out when they tested her uh, her nose was gushing blood i don't know how reliable that test was going to be um sure sure yeah so there's also yeah these, these are people you know like i was saying before that the everyone like became a so-called expert uh because they read it on the internet and like, right. These people suddenly decide they're really good at contact tracing, and they were able to figure out of all the people at that party, he's the one who brought the virus there. I was like, yeah. <laughs> really, really right, right. So, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, you know, we, we've we we know that at least during the the heyday when COVID was, was going nuts, and no one had a uh, natural immunity because of antibodies or whatever, you could get COVID. Just, just be, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that my daughter, when she got COVID, it, we had just done a play at the Roman Catholic Church that we attend, and they were doing a Christmas play, and they were playing like angels or something, and we're assuming that's where she got COVID. Someone at the church had COVID, and so, or but she could have got it at school too. 
because you know we, we at that time our schools had opened up again and and people were, they had to wear masks and stuff but again we're talking six seven eight year olds i mean how how well are they going to be really smart enough whether they have masks or not and so if this kid is at this party sure he kissed this girl but I mean, if they're you know sharing uh, classes, they're at the keg, you know, no one's wearing a mask. They're they're crunched in together, dancing. Um, people are uh, swapping spit left and right. Well, yeah, I I think that's what Mike's point was. Was that, that I, no, and I'm, I'm concurring with Mike. Yeah, that's, that, yeah. that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Mike is right spot on because exactly every everything. Mike Mike just saying that point is enough to you know to prove based off of the type of event they all attended, you know? So I was this is why I'm not sure uh, what, if anything specifically, if like, if you taking any kind of a, uh, a stand on the COVID issue specifically, yeah. because yeah, on the one hand, maybe this girl, maybe somebody died because of ignoring protocols. Uh, but for people who are like, going after her are, are, you know, massive assholes and full of shit, um, probably. At least well, as I, I see it. I, I think, that's why I think, yes, I mean, COVID is obviously the overlay on this film, obviously, but I think it's more about extremism. That That's why I, I, I liked the film. I, I think what you're saying is is just that. He, he's not talking about the disease, so to speak, or whether, or how he's talking about the extreme reactions that people have to this kind of a, a situation. And, and he's taking it, obviously, for the purpose of the kind of film it is, he's taking it to a very far extreme. I mean, the, the you know, the fact that the entire family becomes, you know, sociopathic uh, slasher killers who like terrifying people to get revenge for their supposed uh, murder of their son through by COVID shows that this is uh, this is these are people who probably would have done this anyway uh, over some other reason. Right. It cost the bees for sure. But the thing that is also interesting about this film too, Dan, to go further is the taking something to the extreme, but also even in the smaller nonviolent scenes, it was like that too, because like I, I kept on bringing up the point about her friend where she's freaking out. And then the next moment, she's 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 uh in the same room with with uh parker without the mask on and then the next moment she freaks out and says oh my god i gotta put my mask back on and so and i i think i don't know if williamson and i were were trying to make a commentary on covid and the way people acted around covid but I could see maybe they were also doing that too, and I don't want to point and say, oh, they were they were saying laughing, not laughing, but uh, saying that the government screwed up completely by over exaggerating it, or people weren't taking it seriously enough. But they also, the two writer and director, are also say, saying, like you said, taking something to the extreme as well. But I also right, think but, but but and, and I don't COVID think laughing. Too. I don't think it was laughing. I didn't mean laughing. So, I meant, no, no, I, mean, I know, and and I know you said that specifically said yeah. that, but but I think it was a, a comment on hypocrisy. Yeah, sure. that's that's what I think. I think I think yeah. there's a there's a very large uh, dose in this entire film from from very beginning uh, about hypocrisy. Uh, and certainly as we get towards the end about about that kind of hypocrisy, that kind of 
yeah. using it as an excuse to do th- to behave in a certain way. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we because we don't we know that as Mike you mentioned, people were doing things against COVID protocols or pro COVID protocols to just make a point at times. Like I'm wearing this mask because I don't want to be known as a right wing kook. And then you have a uh, another person saying, I'm wear- not wearing this mask because no one's going to tell me what to do. You know, and, or, or, or if you wear a mask, them, then the libs win. Right, <laughs> that's right, whatever. Side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and then, you know, the whole weirdness about, you know, like like I said, my state was pretty lenient. We had everybody was wearing a mask. Everybody was following, you know, the one way aisles. Um, but but, you know, no one. People were still going to theaters. And following the correct protocols, people are still going to restaurants, following the correct, you know, correct, correct protocols. But then you hear, you know, where Eric lives, it, it was locked down central where where if you just went in your car to get on a boat like the governor's husband did, you you know, you, you're, you're Satan, you know, and, and you're a hypocrite, too, because the governor says you can't, you know, they they, they like. Let me explain. So Walmart in Michigan, you could only go in to buy food. The whole other section of the store was closed that had the non-food goods. While in my state, Walmart was open the whole store. So the clothing section was and the car repair section was and the toy section. But where Eric lived, if you had opened your Walmart and they opened up the non-food sections, they would be fined and even possibly arrested the the owners of the store, you know, the franchisee or whatever. So, but getting back to the strain. No, but my, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is that the hypocrisy of how it was and the weirdness how it was. I think that's what they were trying to say earlier with the two friends. Oh, I agree. And then. The extreme example of where people were just taking things to the point of insanity is what our antagonists were. I, I, I apologize. I, if that, I apologize if that made made it sound like I was going on a tangent, but I was trying to make a point. Of no, no, I think you. I think I think your point is valid. I was just saying to to take yeah. it now back to. Yeah. So yeah. you now have uh, our Parker, our 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 and our protagonist. She's tied up in a chair. Her friend is kind of hidden behind the counter. With a broken broken leg, and um, the parents are explaining now why we're doing this and why you deserve this. And she's saying you're being very hypocritical because you killed my boyfriend; he didn't have anything to do with it. And they're going to test her. And I think uh, this is where Mike made that point about her nose is gushing blood, and so I'm not even sure the test would be valid. But they do test her, and they know. It's going to be positive because she killed their son. Yeah, exactly. Well, not to mention how long had it been? The son had gotten sick and died. Yep. How much time had passed? Could have picked up COVID from somebody else there. She could have picked up COVID along the way. You know, there's all sorts of just giant loopholes in, as to these arguments. Yeah, right? Logic. So, yeah, logic, but, yeah. right. So, not that they I don't care. Right, exactly. And I'm not, right. right. This is not a, me criticizing the plot. It's uh, unless yeah. for some reason. Kevin Williamson really was, was buying his his uh, villains bullshit, but I don't think that's the case because then they're not the villains of the film, right? Um, and, you know that that it's just 
Right. They're, they're, right. And, they're, and that's why I used an example of my daughter, where what did she get it at the church play? Did she get it at school? You don't really know. And and these people just, you know, because this is what they think. And then this girl is immune to COVID. So she must be guilty because she's carrying it right now. And our son got COVID and he kissed her. So Right. Because she makes the point, I haven't had any of the symptoms. And they say, well, then you're a carrier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what happens next is that the friend makes eye contact with Parker and she so they know now Parker knows that she's OK and, and alive behind the the, the countertops uh, or, the, or the kitchen aisle. And the friend has a laptop and is trying to call the cops through 911 text or, or 911 uh, instant messenger on um, through the computer. And or 911.com. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So this is where they figure out that she's still alive because the Wi-Fi and this is a little far-fetched, I'm sure, but they notice that the Wi-Fi uh, lights are blinking on, on the router. Uh, yeah, and, that, that is definitely far-fetched. Yeah, and they go, oh, someone's trying to use our router. I think the friend must be still alive. So you could argue that's a little far-fetched. There's no doubt. Because those, uh, those green lights are going all the time. I mean, if there's anything connected that's on, they're yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, all, all you need is the... In a, uh, especially a house like this, all you need is is um, the the thermostat, you know, is connected to it, to it, you know, so uh, or a printer, you know, anything. Um, so where do we go from here? Uh, this is so so the the husband is off to look for the body of the friend, and when he's gone, this is when they take out the mother. Or at least they think they do. Yeah. And and then, of course, he comes back and he finds his wife, uh, what he thinks is dead. And um, what happens next? How, 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 do they, how do we wrap this up? Who wants to go with this? Anyone? Barrett, you go. Well, they, he's chasing him around and they get him up pretty high into this house that feels like it's, you know, four or five levels. <laughs> and he's attacking the one girl and the other one comes out and pushes him and he falls over and he lands right on the antlers at the bottom. Oh yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and, was- and I love, by the way, I love the preset on that. I saw that, you know, when those antlers were there, I said, somebody's going to die on that. Yeah. Right? That was a check. It was, that it was, was a, a lovely foreshadowing. Yeah, oh, for yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah, Chekhov's antlers for sure. Yeah, smoking yeah. antlers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's dead, and hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so the the this is a, like uh, this came out of nowhere, which is she suddenly says, "Oh, we have basically we have our barn, and we have a a tractor there, or a uh, uh, some sort of um, RV." type of vehicle there or off-road vehicle there and so let's take that and so they go there and of course they can't start it because it doesn't have any gas and then we find then then the mother reappears and and this is the final showdown um (laughs) i love it (laughs) yeah it it was a good final it really was an appropriate death I was I, saying I to Phil that she didn't learn the stop, drop, and roll technique. <laughs> oh, that's sick. 
That's true. <laughs> but funny. I was I was actually at, at that point I still thought maybe they they would have killed took off took out the friend because at that point we only had really uh three deaths in the film the, the beginning death the neighbor on the other side of the lake and and DJ the boyfriend so i'm thinking oh this is a slasher film they got to have to kill another person but i was wrong it was all the the uh, villains that were getting killed off instead um but her death was awesome the gasoline lit on fire Immol- yeah. immolation that was a terrible death it was. That Here's was the awesome. important thing. They kept their masks on and they didn't die of COVID. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I was laughing because after they kill her and we hear the cops coming in the distance, they carry each other out of the barn. They don't have the masks on and they're both bleeding like heck. And I, I was just thinking uh, her friend who was like Miss Panic about COVID. And now she has no mask on, and she's being helped by her friend, who we know is positive with COVID. It's kind of funny. I, I just, I just got a kick out of that. Um, yeah, she's young; she'll have healthy. Well, we only think that she, we only think she's positive. That's what they said. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the sure, test sure. they were giving her. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and uh, and then it rolls the credits. Um, so that's pretty much the film. Um. Do we have any specifics that, that we left out that people want to bring up, or uh, any any meanings? Uh, again, it's a slasher, so how, how many meanings are there? But again, they did use COVID as the the um, I guess the the thing that sets off the whole events. Um, what I liked was that they didn't have like I didn't feel like there was a particular message on which side of COVID they were going on they were just showing the gamut of the way people were yeah and i, I like that, that. Yeah. i think the message is don't be an asshole mm-hmm. um which is you know probably a message that you know more people need to hear more people that, need to hear I, but... I think i think don't take masks from strangers yeah <laughs> there you go that's true well i i agree with you mike about don't uh, be an asshole but i don't know if that don't go back what? to your friends just keep running that i don't know if that was was what they were trying to say, because again, what what made an what was she an asshole and the son that died of COVID an asshole for being at a party in the middle of COVID without caring about COVID? What were they assholes? For so being many kids were doing that back then. Yeah, that it's, yeah, you know. Yeah. Doesn't make them not assholes. I'm no, I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just saying that it's not. It wasn't uncommon. They could still be right, considered right. assholes. But again, that's that's what I was saying before. I think I don't think there's any of us, not any of us, myself included, who weren't somewhat hypocritical at some point during this pandemic. Exactly. Well, I I do remember, like, I don't know how it was in California and San Diego area, but I know in Florida. Right. Because that was always on the news, how all the kids went down for spring break during the middle of covid and they were really partying it up and. And a lot of the newscasters were were pissed about it. And while other people were saying, what's the big deal? They're all outside on the beach. So I don't know. I mean, but then again, when at nighttime, they would they would go to a bar or a hotel room and party it up. And there's there's a reason why their 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 rates and their death rates went so high. And, you know, there's there's just no arguing about it. It, it, It's 
Right. They made well, choices well, that led to them to the consequences. Right. In well, California, I, the, the the governor and and the mayor uh, of Los Angeles uh, both came down pretty fast, pretty hard. Right. Uh, I I just remember being in a hundred percent absolute quarantine at the very beginning. I, uh, I do like, know that a lot of folks, especially the young folks, their death rate wasn't high, but maybe their their infection rate was high. Well, yes, yeah. their infection rate was high, and the death of people around them who were perhaps more immune was very, very, very high. Yeah, sure, sure. They were, they were killing their grandparents and their parents. Or something. Yeah, it's a, right. right, right. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that was uh, uh, the implication, anyway. Yeah. But, but I, 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 that's how pandemics work. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which I, I, I was one of the, the aspects of this film that I really liked, as I said, I think it highlighted hypocrisy. And again, I, I'm no less guilty of, of being hypocritical uh, about right. it. I, I, oh. When I was on set of, of a film with a friend, a producer friend, uh, during the height, uh, the height of the pandemic, and I was lucky enough to be working on a film and we were we followed all the COVID protocols, we we're all masked. But I saw her and I went and I, I gave her a huge hug because she's a, a friend. And, you know, the COVID person was there and said, ah, uh, no. Right, right. So, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so I, I, I think it's I, I, it's one of the aspects of the film I, I really enjoyed. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, I mean, he unfriended me on Facebook because um, and <laughs> wow. end of yeah, I know. At, like that's at, rough, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was like in February of last year. I, I went out with uh, my friend Melissa and at a restaurant, and I, he was pissed because he felt I was breaking COVID rules or something. And I was like, uh, dude, you? You, live in, you, you live in New Jersey. I live in New Hampshire and, and I'm the last person to break COVID rules, as, as you just said, Mike, and, and as Barrett knows. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, whatever. No, you have a much higher chance. Your, your risk of COVID is catching it from a moose. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. That's a fair point. Yeah, now, where, bear, whereas like yeah. Dan, like you, you're in LA oh, oh, area. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So same thing like for me, you know, I'm in New York, but I'm in upstate New York. I'm in a rural part of New York. Our population is kind of like 50 50. You have, you know, very, very urban areas like New York City is about a half the state's population. And then you also yeah. have places like Buffalo and Rochester, but then a whole lot of uh, people living out in, in the middle of nowhere. And this is right. part of the problem. And where you get pushed back is they start making rules for the people. That's in, urban, in, in, city. In, in, in urban areas, yep, yep. And it doesn't right. necessarily apply. You mentioned kids going to parties. It's, and it's, I think one of the things they neglected is is, uh, is failure to just take into account human nature. And kids are going to want to party. And yep. so, like, you'd see people complaining about, like, the kid going out on beaches. So they sneak in people's homes. But you, the odds of getting a transmission is way higher indoors than yeah. if they were just allowed to go out to the beaches and party outside. Um, we should have been encouraging people to go outdoors, not staying indoors, because staying indoors is where a lot of the transmission happened. Agreed. Right. right. So yeah. Yeah. now, and yeah. and by the way, this is this is this is totally Monday morning quarterbacking, and some of this is just like okay, what we know about it now that they didn't necessarily know at the time. But right. I there think, was a, there was a lot of mystery and a lot of disinformation. You are correct. Right. And and that's part of the problem. There was this inspiration all along. And then by the time we started getting more information, people started getting too dug in. Uh, people weren't hearing things like, again, 
that's not being transmitted by surfaces or they didn't know what to trust. So they just kept rolling with everything and there was no relief really in sight. And some people just wouldn't let it go. I know I right. started going back to the movies in like August and people said, are you afraid to go back to the theater? No, because there's nobody there. I like just whatever right. movie I went to see, yeah. the theater yeah. was completely empty. Right. Um, right. You know, and then we all know why people would roll their eyes at rules. And when you have silly rules, well, you can wear a mask. You have to wear a mask when you go in the restaurant, but you can take it off when you sit down. But as soon as you get up to tea, you got the mask on again. And I've been there, and I have been there and done that. And it is silly. And yet I do it. Oh, and I do it because... Well, you do it because you don't want want someone to to spray you with mace because... But you're you're right. You're sitting at a table eating with, you know, who knows how many other people near you. Yeah. <laughs> right, no well, the restaurant or... owners didn't come up with the rules. The you know they don't want to lose. They've they've already lost enough money. The waitress or you know is who's you know is going to have to deal with you. You don't have to be an asshole to her. She didn't come up with the rules. So yeah, no. I mean we all roll our eyes, but unfortunately when you come up with stupid rules, you also end up losing authority. Yep. But um, but I, like I said, I think that's a good take. Is that this is, is something that that really just hits on extremism? Uh, they probably could have gone the other way if they wanted to, and and done extremism on the other side. But they felt like it. Um, I think the main characters in this film, while they're not, none of them were, were, were like perfect. Um, I think they were flawed within flawed normal parameters. Yeah, yeah. flawed protagonists. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, because Parker was. A typical irresponsible bozo, in a sense, and but she wasn't evil, you know what I'm saying, and uh, and so she was a perfect example of a flawed and protagonist in a movie where COVID is the you know the rule of the, of the world, and and she's the type that would be, you know, I'd rather hang out with boys and party with my friends. And okay, I'm forced to go to the store to get my my dinner. So okay, I'll wear the mask because I don't want to get maced by some somebody. So she she was. I felt I felt that was it was a good example of a character without being over the top obnoxious, but also not completely responsible to make us me roll my eyes and think, oh come on, no one's gonna at that age is gonna act that way. Right. So, and all in all, yes, um, slasher films require. It's an absolute requirement of any reasonable or decent slasher film. Pick any one of them. They require a decent amount of willing suspension of disbelief in order to move the plot forward uh, and and get to the parts, you know, you all want to see. You have to, you know, you have to break a a whole bunch of logical rules. And, And this falls within that. And it's it's done a, a relatively good job of of keeping those to a minimum. But there are you know there's some of the Wi-Fi is a good example, the smoking pot when you know you you you've told us all that how concerned you are about it. So there there, there are a whole there are moments within this film that are an absolute requirement for willing suspension of disbelief. And if you're going to watch this kind of film, you've got to have a hearty dose of that or you're watching the wrong kind of film. But other than that, I thought this was a really, really well-made slasher film, really interesting. I love that they, uh, that, that uh, Williamson and Himes uh, used this as, as the, the background to this, to this story. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. This actually may be the, the first 
real film, you know, you know that that people have heard of, that takes place in the middle of the pandemic for me, COVID. Because I, I don't think I've seen any other films really. The that... one I watched last night was during COVID. Fear, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. yep. Which yeah, is so funny too. So maybe they're all beginning to stop popping up right now. Maybe maybe they're they're finally finished pre post production and now they're all going to stop popping up. I don't know. Yeah, but I well, guarantee I... you, not many of them are going to be as intelligent as this film. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, there's that. And I mean, Knives Out was set during a pandemic, but they dismissed it really quickly. It's always dispensed as a plot device. So it doesn't feel like you're during the pandemic for the majority of it. Correct. Yeah, um, correct. Um, correct. For the majority of it, you're out, watching a slasher film. For the majority, you're watching a standard slasher film with standard slasher tropes. And it, and it only comes in towards the very end that, you, you know, that they bring it home. And I, I, I really appreciate it. There was that. that one movie that we. I, I know I didn't like. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I remember didn't that. Like it. Yeah, I remember uh, that. about the people in the like trapped yeah, the in the hotel. hotel during the yeah. pandemic because they weren't oh, allowed to leave. Yeah. yeah, I forgot that was COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you're right. Um, yeah, well, we have to be careful because we have to see so many movies of people trapped in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember, wait, was it a zombie apocalypse? Was that a plague apocalypse, or was it just? COVID. Uh, right, exactly. That's what I, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Or was it cordyceps? Uh, yeah, exactly. Or was it cordyceps? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but no, it is. I said this at the time. I said to my students. I said it to. I said. I'm pretty sure I said it on the podcast. Was that we were living through a setting. I mean, technically, we're always living through a setting. You could set things anytime, anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. the very much somebody could say, you know, set a story while. We're recording Dark Discussions episode five sixty seven. You know, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But you're absolutely right. This is this is this is a very specific period of time that will be used as a setting. Yeah, uh, right. for sure. Uh, the, the big one when I was a kid, and you, Mike, and you, Barrett too, and and most likely you too, Dan, because uh, a lot of them. Because I'm really old. Well, no, no, but, well, no. You, you may, you're probably probably you know ten years or, or fifteen years older than us, but but it, it was your time as well, which is. Every film when I was a kid was Nam. Nam. And oh my God! Yes, God. You yes. know, and and, yeah, but, and and that was the that was the film. You know, that that was the difference plot. is Nam was not global, right? In other words, like if you didn't yeah. go to Nam, that wasn't your setting. This is a thing that you could set something in 1968 and yeah. not mention the Vietnam War at all. It may not That's feel that. genuine, but you could do that. You couldn't set a movie in <laughs> April of 2020. And just ignore the whole COVID thing. Because right, it was right. global. Agreed. Because right. it was global. Because there was no getting away from it. Yep. You might as well just set it in April 2019 instead, and, and it would be more honest. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's a fair point. Um, all right. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up about sick that was uh, on your agenda? Anything? Anyone? No, well, again, I'll say, like, as I've said about Peter's, uh, sorry, not Peter, John Heim's stuff before, <laughs> the other I Heim. like the, the, the violence in it, in that it's not stylized, right? It's not John Wick. It's also not, like, overly brutal. You know, it just feels like people who don't know how to fight fighting. Yeah. No superheroes. No superheroes. Right? No superheroes. The knife in the neck felt brutal to me. 
<laughs> I cringed at that. But, but you know what I mean. It's like not like someone, oh, man, that was a brutal. It's not like you're watching yeah. you know, some ultimate fighting championship or, or Terrifier. <laughs> it's like somebody said, okay, we need to have a fight. Go, go hire a couple of people on the street to come in and beat the shit out of each other. You know, it's that's kind of what it feels like most of the time. Yeah, it was, uh, it yeah, it was like, down and brutal. It was, yeah, yeah, I agree. Right, right. Yeah, and and the violence when it did happen, uh, most of it was uh, like street violence and not stylized like like some slasher films is what I think you're trying to say, Mike. And that's fair. right, and it's yeah. stylized on either direction, but it's um, it felt real, it felt natural. Um, which yep. means it feels awkward at times. It's not. It's ungainly. There's there's mistakes made. Um, yeah, yeah, because the villains are in no way professional killers, and they didn't make that god sure. the protagonists. Uh, pro, uh, superheroes, because a lot of times they'll make the protagonist suddenly become a superhero, and, and they well, like, do not do that. Well, like you're next, good. right? Where you yes, I was thinking have exactly that film, like exactly. And it turns out that yep. because the the one uh, character is from Australia, she naturally has to survive daily dangers of spiders and snakes and sharks and, 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 and crocodiles. So of course yeah. they're they're she's well prepared to handle this group of serial killers who invades their home. Right, uh, right. I was thinking exact, exact same thing. Which, which, yeah. which is not a criticism of that film. It's perfectly fun. It's perfectly fine. It's just right. this is a it's a stylistic. You're talking about of, you're next, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, her yeah. dad was a survivalist, but yeah, I see where you're going. You're right, right, but right. I'm just saying it's like there's always some excuse yeah. for somebody in the group to be a badass. To be a badass. And this is just yeah. the, 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 the killers aren't badasses. The victims aren't badasses. It's, and it is a, again, a thing with, with high-end style. Uh, I'm not going to try to spoil anything but uh about black summer but there's the the diner episode of black summer oh, that was where where which is fantastic and it has all these little things that they go like okay i could totally see that happening if if i was there i could see, see myself yep. doing that i could yep. see myself screwing up in this way yeah yeah oh yeah and and and, and in black summer the, the weapons you know you know a, a can of tomatoes right, right. In, in a sack or something like that you know so yeah absolutely it, it's it's more realistic. It's not stylized, and and it's just street crazy. Um, and I thought that I, I concur completely about John Hyam's style. Absolutely, yep, absolutely. Um, all right, so uh, I think uh, we can probably start wrapping it up. Give our final thoughts on the film sick. But uh, before we do, uh, Mike, me, you, and Eric do another side podcast. Uh, what what is that all about? Uh, called Cinema a la Carte, uh, and in Cinema a la Carte, you and Eric and I basically take turns reviewing movies that we would never dream of reviewing here on Dark Discussions Podcast, except when we do. Uh, it basically gives us another outlet to talk about films that maybe don't fit so comfortably here to settle the argument of, I want to f- review this on Dark Discussions. No, it's not a Dark Discussions film. Uh, so we've reviewed things that are uh, fun and animated, like uh, Inside Out or uh, silly sci-fi like Flash Gordon, uh, or even some darker materials like um, uh, Collateral. Yeah, we reviewed that. Um, but it's basically whatever we feel like reviewing uh, that month, we take, or month, or two months, or three months, or six months, and we take turns picking. And the next one is an, is a fill pick. So you know there will be boobs. Uh, actually, I don't think there is in, that, in this one, is it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there is. The only movie I've seen without boobs is The Thing, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't think this, but the new one I picked it has boobs in it. Though. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, and uh, Barrett, myself, and you, with a rotating group of co-hosts, are uh, do another podcast where we just actually released uh, an episode about the movie from 2021, Spore, 
Uh, what's that podcast all about? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, we review just about everything on there. Anything that might not fit in dark discussions or we review books. We've done interviews. Um, we've interviewed authors. Just lots of different things can be on there. And yeah, we just re- uh, had Spore come out on there and Avatar the week before. The new, the newest Avatar. So, yep. Yeah, and the, the week before... Uh... Uh, the one before that was uh, Spellbinder uh, as a yeah, Kelly Preston yeah. Uh, tribute. Yeah, so, so yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on that one. And then uh, me, Barrett, Mike, and Sean Fox of Canada, we actually do another podcast right now called The Rise of the Cordyceps Infected, a Last of Us HBO Max podcast. So uh, basically a podcast that talks weekly about each episode of the television series The Last of Us based on the video game which can be found on HBO Max. That episode usually comes out on Tuesdays or Wednesdays following the Sunday release of each episode. Um, all right, so I think we can get into our final thoughts on this film here, Six. So uh, let's start with you, Dan. What do you got? Okay. Um, as I, as I, I think I've said repeatedly, um, this is one of the more intelligent slasher films I've seen in a very long time. Uh, I enjoyed um, how well it was crafted. I enjoyed the twists. Uh, I was surprised, especially by the last twist. Uh, so for a, 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 for, me, for a person like me, who's really slasher films are not my go-to kind of a horror film, uh, I was totally thrilled with this film. I, I was super excited. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Uh, the performances were dynamic. The direction and writing were dynamic. So it is a, a high recommend. I would recommend it. If you're into this kind of film, an intelligent slasher film, I'd recommend this one. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, this, this was a really great film. Um, I'm not necessarily a huge slasher fan either, as Dan isn't, but I, I've always been a fan of uh, Kevin Williamson's uh, stuff. Uh, Scream, was, like I said, was my probably my second favorite horror film of all time. Well, maybe not. I mean, it's probably third now because It Follows is pretty up there too. So, But it's one of my top five horror films of all time. Uh, Williamson uh, focuses on characters uh, that are younger, which, which uh, kind of brings me back to uh, – younger days and so whatever reason it, it just just feels uh more realistic to me because it feels like i'm still uh 30 years old at, at times and, and a lot of these characters are like that uh i do like uh the twists uh Hyam's, uh direction as mike mentioned is just fabulous uh the way he makes his films dirty and uh realistic uh and i do like how um he's like a lot of directors now where he brings back uh, people he's worked with before, like uh, Mark Menchaca, who was one of the co-stars of his film Alone, uh, has has a pivotal role in this film as well. Uh, so yeah, I recommend. Uh, I could see this easily being a top ten uh, in my end of year list, maybe even a top five, depending on. Uh, you know, we still have uh, twelve more, eleven more months to go. So, uh, but either way, great film. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, This year is starting out really well as far as movies so far for me. Um, This movie is no exception. I really enjoyed it. It has some really great twists. Um, Good slasher. Just all-around great film. All right, and Mike? Yeah, it's a, as I said at the beginning, it's a a throwback slasher to 
some more films like uh say prom night or terror train than it is to um uh to friday the 13th or at least friday the 13th part two through 48 um and because it's not about the super slasher and killer it's about the the mystery uh of who's killing the person and you know who's going to be behind the mask when the scooby gang finds them uh so I, so I liked it. I think it's I think it's a, a fairly smart. I think it's having fun. I mean, I don't. It's hard when you have a guy who wrote Scream writing this and writing another slasher film. Uh, there's going to be comparisons made, and I certainly made a couple, but they stand out as being very obvious. But it's no Scream. But that by no means is, means it's a bad film. Um, if you are a subscriber to Paramount, I would strongly recommend giving it. Uh, giving Give me it peacock. A, uh, peacock. 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 Or, or well, you know, even if you subscribe to. to Paramount, uh, you can watch watch it on Peacock there too. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, good good cover, well done. <laughs> well, no matter what you network you subscribe to, you should you know, while you have the opportunity to get the free Peacock, watch the free Peacock, and then if you, and yeah, because otherwise you're going to have to spend money on it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the reason why Eric isn't here because he didn't want to spend money on a service and he didn't want to watch uh, a few seconds of commercials before the uh, movie began. Whatever, right. Right, yeah, yeah, because he always pays the it, extra it, money it, to get it, rid of the commercials. Yeah. Well, it's not only that, but the commercials were literally just at the beginning of the film. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, that's definitely right. But even, but he right. Want, yeah, but even that right. he doesn't want to do. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, this this one they did not interrupt. Same with our Halloween uh, Kills. When I saw that, it, they didn't interrupt the film. It was just at the beginning. You're I get right. the commercial lists, Peacock, even though there's still some commercials. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't yeah. see any for this. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. So, uh, all right. So, uh, it appears we all like the film. Uh, yeah. Oh, we did forget one funny thing about it when the, the girls were watching the news every time the name Fauci was brought up, they would have to drink. That was kind of funny. I like that a lot. Yeah. That was a great drinking game. Yeah. Well, they could have done Cuomo too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and they had Bixler, and she was on there too, so that was kind of funny. Um, So, anyway, uh, the film is, uh, as uh, Mike mentioned, uh, whether you get Paramount Plus or not, uh, you can watch this on Peacock. Uh, It's available there right now uh, uh, for free, assuming you're a subscriber. Uh, And even if the free service, I assume you maybe you can still see it, but if not, um, it's five bucks a month. you You can actually see the film. Uh, the film, once again, is directed by John Hyams, the, the showrunner for Black Summer, the Netflix television series, as well as uh, the great indie horror film Alone from uh, 2020, I believe. Uh, the film was written by uh, Kevin Williamson with uh, co-writer Caitlin Crabb. Uh, definitely has uh, Williamson's uh, fingers on the the screenplay for sure. Uh, the film stars uh, a number of folks. Again, uh, not many people that we know, except maybe Mark Menchaca. Uh, but all the actors were were fairly good, as Dan mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Whether we know any of them or not, uh, films another Blumhouse production that was released this year. Uh, as Barrett mentioned, uh, we've seen now two for the podcast. Both were oddly uh, Blumhouse films, and both, as Barrett said, were pretty solid films to start a year when usually in the beginning of the year most horror films and and just films in general are usually the throwaway films that uh, no one cares about but so far uh we've lucked out big time because both have gotten high 
rated reviews from critics as well as audiences alike. Uh, Megan was, was the other film. Um, so uh, that's pretty much uh, it for here. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode where Dan will join us again uh, because uh, we're going to be interviewing uh, the director, John Hyams, and that will be the next episode of the podcast before we go back into uh, movie reviews. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, Dan, before we leave, uh, why don't you let folks know where they can find you, uh, what, what's going on uh, what, in your career, maybe maybe there's some stuff that you want to announce that, or, or tell us about that you're working on, absolutely. where they can find some of your films. Yeah. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, you can catch me uh, on Netflix uh, as the, the rich man or sweater vest guy uh, in the cult uh, hit uh, on Netflix called Circle. It's it's a really fun film. I recommend it. Uh, I I will give a warning. All right, and wonderful group of actors in it. Um, I'm also you can see me uh, in the um, horror anthology film Patient Seven, starring Michael Ironside, uh, and a host of international short films on horror. That it's just a wonderful uh, anthology. That's for free. You can find it on Tubi. You can find it on Kings of Horror on YouTube. So that's uh, easily available, and it's a wonderful, uh, just fun. If you if you're into horror, it's a wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful film. Um, recently, there's been a re-release of a movie I did called The Lurking Man, where I play the Angel of Death. Um, that's been released on Tubi also, uh, in a new uncut, unrated version. So they've uh, they've upped some of the scenes and stuff. So that's that's a fun thing. Uh, I've just done a podcast recently with Anna Ferris called Peepkins. So if you're not into the horror aspects, um, this is a family-friendly podcast. Uh, you can find it at the site called Q Code. Uh, it is a delightful, uh, uh, wonderful uh, story of these little bird peeps who live in this little town and it is very family friendly it is sweet and fun and musical uh i'm in episodes nine and ten of the first season i play a, a british tailor named taylor the tailor and uh it's a just it's a delight and i recommend it if you have kids uh, it, it, and adults because i i found myself laughing throughout i recommend that highly uh upcoming I'll be shooting a horror film uh, in either March or April of this year out in Las Vegas uh, called like Father Like Son, where I get to play a, a, a rabbi, a Yiddish rabbi, which is a role I've never attempted before. And I've uh, just found out that a film that I, a major motion picture, a $40 million budget uh, called Steal Away about the Jubilee Singers, it's just gotten full funding. So that's going to happen. I'm going to guess sometime September or October. Obviously, when these come out, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Nice, nice. And, and uh, the, well, the the show that you play, Taylor the Taylor, you said Anna, Anna Faris is in it with you? Yeah, Anna Faris and wow. uh, Boz, well, I can never remember his last name, but he, it's a wonderful cast. I, it's just a delight. Oh, I also was on the Goldbergs recently, so you can see that on Hulu. Uh, Goldbergs, this 10th season, I played a, a law school professor. Nice. Excellent. Great, great. Oh, and hey, changing subjects. Have you guys seen either of those two vampire movies I talked about? Yeah, uh, I believe Mike has seen both of them, actually. Uh, Which one? Uh, what, uh, House of Darkness and The Invitation. I saw The Invitation. I did not see House of Darkness. 
Okay. Watch Houses of Darkness. It's it's a delight. Yeah, yeah. So Justin I, I Long saw, and Kate Bosworth. Ooh, Justin Long, yeah. How about that? Okay, no, I didn't see that one. I saw Invitation in theaters. I, I thought it was meh, honestly. Ah. Um, Interesting. I, I just, I just think when you're trying to keep the, the the twist of surprise, having the revealing the name of the abbey where they went to is a bad idea. Yeah, uh, it was not a surprise. I agree. No, uh, and really, this is a this is the reason why Eric uh, has an irrational hatred of trailers because the the trailer basically told the whole story. Um, the stuff yeah, that yes, I figured would I figured would have been revealed in the first half was revealed in the first last third. It's like, ooh, okay. Um, but again, even if the trailer hadn't done that, the fact that they went to Carfax Abbey just kind of it's like, ah, yeah, I know what this movie. Yeah, about. all right. Yeah. That's kind of what I appreciate about it, though. It was kind of classic. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate. I saw a lot of people put it as one of the worst films of the year. And oh, I didn't really? Think wow. That, yeah. Um. But I thought, but I think a lot of it was just because the, everything had been spoiled before they saw it. I, I thought it's fine. I, I could certainly see people are, you know, liking it um, for what it is. I just was like, Meh. it was okay. I was hoping it to have a little bit more, pardon the pun, bite. Um, I, I promise you'll enjoy the invitation. Okay. Uh, House of, wait, House of? Oh, House of Darkness, is it? No, yeah, House of Darkness is the one yeah, we're okay. talking about. Yeah. So, and I actually just finished watching uh, Midnight Mass, which I thought was a really good vampire story. Yes. It Ooh, was. I'll be catching that one next. Yes, very um, good. Oh, and, no, catch, catch Black Summer first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that too. Oh, Black sure. Summer's going to go quicker. Uh, Midnight Mass is a little, I, I'm, preachy is the wrong word, monologue Gotcha. Uh, the Wait, actor, is Midnight Mass the one on the island? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I've seen it. Ah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I, I think Eric quoted, there was a reviewer who said it was the best Stephen King movie that Stephen King never wrote. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very had a King feeling to it, for sure. So yeah. there was that. I also, I mean, there was, there was the one, there was um, an Irish vampire film, I think, maybe English, Countryside. Um, I just remember they had a heavy accent. It came out like two years ago that I liked a lot, too. But uh, uh, so you you remember at three o'clock in the morning, just just like Dan will later. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm like I'm looking at the Shutter app right now. I'm like, I just get a list for vampires, um, because I thought we might be looking for uh, yeah, possible film. Yeah, yeah. No wait, subgenre is a vampire subgenre. Zombie monster monster max. Jack White. Jack White. Jack White. There's this. That's you. It's your fault because you brought it back up. Oh yes, yes. Jack White. It's that song where he's about the stalker who who he just wants to get a piece, he just wants a picture with her and then he just wants to get a little piece of her hair and. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. It's a great. Anyway, that's what that's that that was the song. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably offline. People don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but I don't you, want anybody to know. You can always edit. You can always edit. <laughs> no, we'll leave it in just because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but either way, uh, it appears Mike isn't going to be able to find that vampire film that he, he was thinking of. But uh, maybe he'll bring it up. I'm looking right now. Hold on. All right. Let me, uh, uh, I'm going to pause. No. I'm going to pause then. Hold on. All right. So, what, Mike, you, you figured it out. What is it? It was Boys from County Hell. 
Oh, yeah? And Dan, have you heard of that one? You never. I've never heard of that film. Yeah, me neither. So, Where did you find Boys it? County Hell was good, and it's on Shutter. Because I was looking up 2020 vampire ah. films. So it's Boys from County Hell and, and Vampire vs. the Bronx, Bronx also popped up, uh, okay. which I think and I just was on Netflix. took out my ears. <laughs> so, no, I thought both of those were good. There one is more of the... And what was the second one again? Vampires vs. the Bronx. That's a little bit more uh, more fun. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, I, I started to watch it. I, I I couldn't get into it, but maybe I'll try it again. But and Boys from County Hell, I thought, worked pretty well. Right. I but definitely I don't have a Shutter. Better film. But I don't have Shutter. All right. It's on anything if you're willing to rent it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm cheap also. Yeah, so, oh, <laughs> wait, is it Prime Video? Is it on Prime? Uh no, it's just drive and watch. But you can rent it for a dollar seventy nine right now. Okay, I might then. I'm not that cheap. Anyway. <laughs> all right. So uh this, there's some some vampire films maybe and shows to watch. Uh so all right, so that pretty much wraps up this episode here. Uh as we said, uh join us on the next one. But uh with all that, Mike, why don't you leave us out? All right, well, thank you very much for tuning in to the latest episode of the Dark Discussions podcast as we discussed the uh latest film Thick available on Peacock. Uh, please tune into our very next episode and have a chat with John Hyams, the director of this very same film. <laughs>